Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of the Coffee and Takes podcast. I'm very honored and privileged to have a good friend of mine, Ennis, on the podcast today. We haven't seen each other in a good while, so what better way to have a catch-up than have him on the podcast, put him under pressure. But Ennis, <laughs> welcome. Welcome you. to the podcast, brother. Ali, thank you, man. It's a, it's a real pleasure, a real pliv- a privilege, sorry, uh, to be your first guest. Um, and I know we're going to dive into a lot of topics today. We're going to go through a lot. Uh, we, we had a little discussion off cam about a, a few bits and... Um, it's a shame the cam, the the microphone wasn't running already, oh, yeah. but um, I'm sure we'll dive we'll straight back into it for sure. We'll repeat those gems that we didn't talk about. <laughs> so good to have you here, brother. First of all, you know how's how's things been for you? You know what's new? What's what's changed? I know you recently came back from Algeria. What yeah. was that like? That was an experience to say the least. So obviously Algeria is uh, back home. So it's the first time I've been there in um, in ten years. Wow. In in a decade. So it's been a long time. Got a chance to. To catch up uh, with a lot of family, see a lot of family that I haven't seen for for quite some time, um, but an experience is is how I would describe it. You know, um, for for people like us who our parents came over to this country and you know we were um, born and bred here, um, it's like two different worlds. Oh you yeah, know? Um, and I'm sure you'd appreciate that. I'm sure some of the people watching will, will appreciate that as well. Um, but mentalities are different in both countries, you know, how things run, systems or lack thereof, um, you know. But um, it was it was great to, to see family and, and to meet some some new family. You know, I, I hadn't met any of my wife's family over there. So wow. uh, that that was an opportunity. That was to, your first time back in how long? In 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been a, it's been. A long time to be fair well yeah. you swarmed at the uh, airport when you arrived at the yeah. airport we had a good welcoming we had uh, you know family waiting there for us um yeah and everywhere we went to be fair we were welcomed you know with with open arms and and looked after so the, the family side of things was was great was fantastic um dealing with <laughs> some of the systems out there oh, and yeah. uh you know um i won't go too deep into it but um it was definitely an experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I went to uh, Libya in 2009, that was the last time I went back. And I just felt like Michael Jackson getting off the plane. Yeah. Just <laughs> hundreds of people. Yeah. yeah, I was like, what's going on here? Who are you? You know. But it was, it was an incredible, uh, incredible experience. And obviously, I was born there. And we, we moved here when I was four years old. And mm. were you born in Algeria? As well? Born and bred in, uh, in Bedfordshire, England. In Bedford. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Good old Bedford, man. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the the background that we both came from has had an effect on us. What would you say, being an immigrant, what would you say it's done for you in terms of the way you live your life? And what sort of do you what what do you believe it's sort of impacted you on? It's um, that's a that's a that's a good, tough question to start with. Yeah, it's a good, tough question. But what I would say is that, um, you know, touching on the, the two worlds side of thing you know um at home it's like we live in one world and then when we live the house leave the house it's like we're living in another world um it also gives you like i have a massive massive amount of respect for my dad Mm -hmm. you know to see what he's done uh coming from algeria um moving over here not knowing a word of english when he first initially moved over here to, to study um and building what he's built in this country is you know um 
have a, a huge amount of respect for my dad to see what he's done. And, you know, a lot of guys watching this who are from similar backgrounds to us will will really resonate with that because imagine being our sort of age or even yeah. younger and coming to a new environment where you don't know a, a single word of, of that country's language. Um, and then to go on to, to do what he's done here, um, you know, he's been a university professor for the last uh, 20, 25 odd years. Um, mm. And he's been, you know, one of the best in his field. Um, so, yeah, it's given me a, a massive amount of respect towards uh, my parents, both of them, my mum as well, you know, um, helping helping my dad yeah. as well and, and aiding him uh, along the journey too. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of an identity crisis as well at times because, you know, when I'm here, I'm uh, Ennis the Algerian and when I'm back home, I'm Ennis the English guy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's there's that to, to manage as and well. And you always want to make sure that you exceed expectations, don't you? Absolutely. Because everyone back home is like, well, you're there, you're, you're lucky. Yeah, 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 you've made it, you yeah. know, because the, the goal is uh, when you go back home, the goal is to leave the country, right? And, yeah. to, and to go set up shop somewhere else. So the fact that, you know, you're the lucky one, you, you, you live over in the UK, yeah. so you've made it already. Um, so yeah, there, there is definitely an expectation on your back as well to, to achieve your own goals yeah. too. And I think it's, it's difficult or it's more difficult for us because we were born in, well, I know, I know you moved over here, mm. but we grew up in um, a comfort zone, oh, if yeah. you will. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier growing up here yeah. than, it, than it is back home. So in order to, you know, to do your own thing and build your own thing, you have to create the hunger and, and put, put yourself in uncomfortable situations, you mm -hmm. know. Um, alhamdulillah, you know, I can't, I can't complain. My, my upbringing wasn't a difficult one. Um, but I always, I always wanted more mm. growing up. You know, I didn't want to settle for, for less. Um, Where do you think that came from, that desire for more? Oh, I, 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 to be honest with you, I, I don't know. Maybe watching my dad and seeing what he did and thinking, you know, um, I want to make family proud, you mm. know, and, um, and achieve and, and just continuously, you know, push for, for, for bigger goals. Um, I think I have to mention my older brother as well. You know, yeah. um, if it wasn't for him on the journey that I'm currently on as well, I, you know, I wouldn't have achieved um, a lot of things that I've achieved so far. Um, and I think there's been a bit of a healthy, competitive, you know, nature between the two of us, yeah. which is good. We've pushed each other um, and, and we work together as well in our day to day lives. Um, so um, some people say, you know, going into business with your family um, can be difficult. That's a controversial one, isn't it? It is, yeah. it is. Some people swear by it and say, you know, no, doing business with family is great, et cetera, et cetera. Some people say, don't go near it. You know, um, working with my brother on a daily basis, um, we've had great, fantastic wins together and we've celebrated some amazing wins. Yeah. And we've also butted heads a lot of the time as well. You know, um, we, we, we both... Um, be well, you quite are Algerian. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'd both be quite happy to admit that. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I think because we're brothers, we're always able to, to fall back on that. And even if we do butt heads, we come back and we say, look, let's go again. Let's let's attack whatever we're trying to attack together. Um, and yeah, we've, you know. And I think that's that's up to the parents to create that 
healthy competition in the kids because a lot of kids grow up in a family where maybe the parents you know compare the kids mm. and comparison will make one of the kids feel like they're not good enough mm-hmm. uh, what you should instead do is obviously you know talk positively about the strengths of each of your children and this way they both feel complete they both feel like they're doing what they should be doing and that they're on the right track and if you don't and i say this as well when it comes to giving somebody advice if you just go in there and say well you're shit no one's going to listen to you yeah absolutely they're going to be defensive straight away absolutely but if you're like you know what you're very good at doing this immediately they just open up and they just they're willing now to take on board anything that you say any criticism that you might follow up with afterwards yeah, yeah that's right absolutely. and that's why i feel like kids that or siblings that don't get on with each other have probably been subject to their parents comparing them. Yeah, and that's yeah. where that insecurity builds up. Like, mm-hmm. I want to beat you because you were always the preferred kid yeah, growing yeah. up. And do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. And I know that you're a father yourself. Yeah. How has being a father changed you? Because they always say once you once you become a father, you're a different man. Absolutely. Absolutely a different man. You know, I'm blessed to be uh, a father of two, um, two young girls. Uh, the eldest, she's turning four in a couple of weeks, and the youngest, I think she's 16, 17 months old. So That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank man. you very much. Thank you very much, my brother. Um, so very blessed, you know, very grateful that, that I've been blessed with two young, beautiful girls. Um, it definitely adds more hunger. You know, it puts more fire, puts more fire under you because now you're not just trying to succeed for, you know, for yourself or yeah. for, for your other half. Um, now you've got dependents, you know, mm. you've got um, children who depend on you, you know, they they look up at you and their whole life depends on you, you yeah. know, without you, um, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't exist, you know, they yeah. would, they not just struggle to exist, you know, a child cannot look after themselves. So you have to be switched on 24 seven as mm-hmm. a parent, you know, um, as a caring parent as well, you know. Um, Does that make you reflect on when you were a child and the sacrifices your dad made as well? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> when I when I became a, a father, um, you 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 have a newfound respect for your parents. Mm. You know, um, it's a diff, it's a difficult job. It's a it's a very very tough thing to do to be a parent. You know. Um, people talk about the lack of sleep, all of that stuff, you know, when you, you first have a child. Um, but from the day that you ha- you have your first child, you know, your entire life changes because you, you can no longer just make decisions for yourself. You mm-hmm. have to take into consideration your, your entire family unit, you know. Um, you get married and, you know, two, uh, two people um, come together and, you know, they have a relationship and you st- you're still two separate entities, but when a child comes into that world, it, it fully connects you. Um, and now you have to start making decisions, um, for, for the family unit. You have to start taking into consideration your children. Um, so you, you always have to be switched on 24 seven. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely added to the hunger, uh, to, to want to achieve more now, not just for me and my wife, but for my children, but also it's, it's, you know, Children can can test your patience a hell of, of course, a lot as yeah. well, you know, especially young children. Um, so it's it's it adds to to the resilience side of things as well. Um, and it's it's a relationship like no other. You yeah. know, having your children, um, it's a love you will never experience until you you have kids. You of know? course. 
Um, it's a beautiful thing, man. Honestly, it's a beautiful thing. Very That's, tough, yeah. very tough. But it's also it's the rewards that come with it as well. Yeah, are equally as uh, you know massive. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of young guys in today's age, they do want kids. But I think a lot of them are maybe intimidated by, you know, the idea of of raising a child, the responsibilities attached to it. But I think it's important that more young men speak about the, you know, the advantages and you know how beautiful it actually is having a family because now we live in a time where maybe it's it's not encouraged as much as it used to be or people are staying away from it so it's nice i, I like seeing young people talk positively about having children and, and building a family you know? i'm i'm a big i'm a big advocate for um getting married young and and having a family young i think we live in a society nowadays where it's it's all very self-indulgent yeah. you know I want to achieve what I want to achieve and it's me, me, me. Um, and I'm not saying to people don't have goals, you know, have goals. I, I promote that 100% and, you know, um, you should be ambitious. You should want to achieve things. Um, but in the same respect as well, you know, we only have a finite amount of time in, yeah. in this world. Um, and, you know, the sooner you have a family, um, the better. You know, you want to be able to be there for your children um, in every shape or form, you know, um, fatherhood was easier when I was 26 than when I am now at 30 years old. Yeah. Um, and I feel like people push family like further down the line more so nowadays. Um, but I'm definitely a big advocate for, um, for, for couples getting married young. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the issue nowadays is people struggle to commit. Mm. Commitment is. Uh, Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of social media, or do you social think- media? Um, <laughs> social media definitely plays a massive part in it. You know, um, this age that we grow up in now, where everything is at the you know the, unlimited the, options, uh, unlimited options. So you know, um, we live in a society where heads can be easily turned. You know, at the, the click of a finger. Um, so I think social media plays a part in it. Uh, but I don't think, you know, when when we were growing up, um, it was very much the, you know, you, you get married, you have children. Mm-hmm. That's that's what everyone did back in those days. That's what our parents' yeah. generation, that's, that's what it was about. Um, but now people, you know, they have so many options out there and, you know, they, they struggle to commit. And I think... Yeah. It, it, you got you got to you know take responsibility at the end of the day you've got to build that strength within That's yourself as, as a man um yeah i yeah. think you know i fully agree with that i mean they even did a study i don't know who exactly did the study but there was a uh, a business that had at the ground floor two well, in fact it was one jam company so they create different types of jams apricot raspberry whatever and they had two stalls and they just they conducted an experiment to see whether or not if we have more choices, it would make our life easier or, or harder. And so on one of the stools, they only gave the employees three jams, like apricot, raspberry, and strawberry. And on the other one, they gave them like a little set right. with about 20. Yeah. And then they basically told them, try it over this coming week. And then next week, come back and tell us which one you prefer. Mm-hmm. And the group that only had the three options came back and said, that's my favorite one. Yeah. The group with 20 came back indecisive. The majority of them yeah, were like, I'm yeah. not sure. I like this one, but then this <laughs> one's nice. And and so that's the thing. I think with social media, because of the unlimited options, we're constantly comparing one person that we see with the next person. Mm-hmm. 
she's nice, but what if the next one has more? And yeah, then it yeah. just becomes a never ending cycle. So I have to be very careful with how I word this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but listen, beauty with, 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 with years, you know, it's going to fade. All right. And there, there's so many options out there um, for a man to choose from. Um, you, you have to really take responsibility for not getting your head turned. OK, um, you have to pick someone. You have to pick someone's character, mm -hmm. you know. Um, beauty, of course, a, a man has to be attracted to his wife, Absolutely, you yeah. know, first and foremost. But yeah. if she doesn't have a beautiful character, in 20 years time, because that's the aim of marriage, by the way, it's a it's a lifelong commitment, you know, yeah. in 20 years time um, when she gets older, but she still has that same beautiful character, yeah. you're still going to want to spend every day with her, you know, of course. Um, but if you're picking these Instagram girls, you know, <laughs> that um, beautify themselves and, and put themselves out there for, for the world to see, yeah, um, you know, you're not picking um, for longevity. And I think... One one point I'd like to make is that yeah absolutely on on the commitment side of things you know it's funny I, I see a lot of couples um, couples are happy to sign a twenty five year mortgage together and buy a house together um, but they're not happy to to make that that marriage commitment which that's interesting yeah it baffles me because you know um, if you're buying a house together you know you're you're committing for 20, 25 to thirty years yeah. a lot of the time right um, so. I don't know what it is about marriage nowadays that people are so unsure of, mm. um, but you have to be decisive. You have to, you know, you, you have to make the decision. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think there comes a point where as a guy, you just got to grow up, choose one and just expect the best. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Again, in this throwaway society, it's not just in terms of relationships, but everything we have, we can mm. just get new. You know, the, yeah. the next iPhone comes out next year. You know, everything is just new, 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 new. Um, in this throwaway society, you know, we're so used to when something doesn't feel right anymore, we just it. sack it off and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. buy the, the newest thing. Um, things get tough. Things get hard. In a marriage, you know, you will you will come across difficulties at times, but the idea is you work through it together. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it builds on that resilience as well. And I'm sure we'll touch on that in, in yeah, other yeah. walks of life as well. Um, but absolutely, you know, it's not going to be easy. Um, you, you have to work through things together. And, and communication is, is 100% key. I was going to ask you, well. what, what qualities do you believe are necessary for the i don't want to say the survival of a relationship because that sounds like you're just hanging on yeah. uh, but as in for for a relationship to thrive for many decades and, let's just and say. to flourish yeah. you have to um again you got to be very careful when you're talking yeah. about relationships right <laughs> um you have communication is a hundred percent key and i think you know um i've never really been one to bottle my emotions and, yeah. and hold things in um I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know, as the old cliche goes. And I think I don't not to delve too deep into into my marriage, but um myself and my wife we communicate very well. Yeah. Um and you know we're able to talk things through and the advice that I'd give to people is, you know, conversations can be difficult at times, they can be tough, 
Um, but you have to, you're going to have to have that conversation at some point, right? Yeah. Um, I, I would say as well, another thing, and I think this is one thing that I've, I've learned over the years is pick and choose when to have the, the discussions as well. Mm. You know, um, if you're in a, a highly emotional environment, yep. it's not the best time to start talking about things, right? right. One thing I, I'm quite good at, and this isn't just with my wife, but with, yep. you know, other relationships that I have as well, um, is if I don't like how the conversation's going, I, I take myself out of that situation. That's, you know, let's have this conversation later when yeah, things yeah, have yeah. Um, tapered down a bit and they've, and you know, and, and the emotion is... Uh, is, is taken out of the situation a little bit. And then we can have a level, level-headed level conversation course, yeah. about things and talk talk about things like adults. Um, so sometimes it does take, you know, you stepping away from the situation to then come back and, and have that conversation properly. Yeah. Um, but top of the list, absolute top of the list, communication is key. You, you have to, you know, talk to each other. You have to let each other know, you know, how, how you're feeling, how things are going. Um, so yeah, definitely communication. Yeah, I once uh, was listening to this relationship podcast and I, I don't remember who the guy was, but he was saying that it, it's also a good activity as a couple to once a week just sort of check up on how they feel things are going. You know, not not a case of like, you know, just being like, hey, do you still want to be married? But it's like, <laughs> no, no, no. it's a case of, you know, how are you feeling? Is there any way I can show up for you better? Because um, I was actually saying this to a friend recently. Mm. You know, the, the whole love languages thing yeah. is something that you come to, to learn as a guy, usually by force, because yeah. you're like, why does she not want to, you know, you get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then you read up on these things and then you stumble upon an article maybe online. You're like, oh, love languages. That's interesting. And I think a lot of us guys, especially, we expect to receive the love the way we give it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, well, I, this is how I like to be loved. Why doesn't she like it this way? You know, but then you obviously have to, as you said, communicate with your partner about, you know, not only what's upsetting them, but also what they like as 100%, well, what they want 100%. from you. You know, it's, it's, it's a long road, marriage. It's a, it's a lifetime commitment. So um, you have to be dialed into each other and you have to know, you know, likes, pet, hates, uh, all of that stuff, you know. Um, so communication is, is 100% the most vital part of the relationship. Um, and it's funny you say about, you know, checking in on each other. Uh, my wife, the other day, she turned around to me. She said, you know, how are you doing? How, how, how's things? Yeah. And I kind of turned and looked at her and I said, you know, <laughs> all is well, all's good. And, she's, and she said to me, you know, you, you, you never seem to be stressed out by things. Yeah. yeah? You never like you never show um, your levels of stress. And I think. You know, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet or anything. Though, but um, <laughs> I think an old school um, value for men um, is, you know, keeping keeping the lid on the situation and yeah. not, you know, blowing up um, and allowing, you know, your your emotions to, to come, um, you know, to, to, to the outside, to the exterior. Yeah. And again, that's not to say about bottling up your emotions because I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, you know, as 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 the husband, you know, as I'm I'm a very old school, yeah. old old fashioned gentleman. Yeah. As as the husband, as the the head of your house, if you Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Yeah. Um you have to keep a lid on things. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, the buck has to stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. And as a man, the buck stops with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay? There's an expectation. There is an expectation. Yeah, you know, yeah. if if 
if the house gets broken into, mm -hmm. I'm not sending my wife downstairs with, oh, yeah. with a baseball bat to, to deal with the intruder, yeah. right? You're you're the guy, okay? If something goes wrong in the house, you're you know nine times out of ten, you're the guy that's yeah. um, that's that's dealing with it, okay? Um, so I still like to apply these old school values in the house, and you know not to blow up and and show my emotion and life gets tough life yep. gets very difficult as a man mm -hmm. um and we're going down this road right now okay yeah yeah life is tough as a man in today's society life is difficult okay mm -hmm. um some a lot of men can get lonely you know um all of us have times where it's just us oh, on yeah, this yeah. road yeah, you know yeah. um and we have a thing as guys that we don't talk to other guys yeah, about we how we feel and you know uh we just ride things out and you know um so it can get very lonely. It's, it's a it's a very lonely road as a man. And, you know, that's, it's an inter it's interesting thing that you just brought that up, actually, because, uh, you know, I'm with you 100% on the whole be a man, you know, lead, right? Your wife is, is expecting you to make the tough decisions. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't factor in her opinions and her thoughts, but you can't be an emotional wreck. I talk about this in my videos all the time, you know. You can't let life's... The, the little trivial things cause you to, to basically break down. Mm -hmm. you know, there are certain events in your life where you will break down, such as the, lo you know, the loss of a loved one, or maybe you built a business and you, know, you went bankrupt. You know, mm -hmm. In that moment, it's understandable that you'll, you'll, you know, you'll want to tear up and maybe you know, you, that's the way you vent. You know, that's the way you release your frustration. However, I also do believe that a lot of guys are overly emotional. Yeah, and that's why a lot of women today will say things like, you know, I just want a man that lets me be free and to think about whatever I want to think about. I don't want to think about the tough decisions and the, the finances. And, you know, I'm sure you're the same as me, where we as, as men want to provide for our wives completely. Mm -hmm. We want to create an environment that's, you know, safe in many ways, emotionally safe, financially safe, because we don't want them to, to stress, really. I think that's the thing as a guy, you should be. In, you know, embracing that burden of performance, as they like to say. Embracing that role, you know, mm. it's, um, and I think I have to, I have to absolutely give my wife her dues here. You know, the, the, the journey that I'm on at the moment, the path that I'm on, you know, I'm self-employed. I work in partnership with, with my brother. Um, but along the road, there's been some, some rocky, you know, some rocky roads, some difficult times. Yeah. Um, and my wife, you know, and this is why you have to choose very carefully, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, ha you have to. You have Listen to choose. Up, you have to choose very carefully because it will get difficult at times. In like, if if you're pursuing something, if you're working a job, whatever, you might get let go from a job, and then you find yourself in a situation where it's like, you know, I'm in I'm in the brown stuff here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you have to have a woman who's by your side from through yeah. thick and thin, you know? Um, and I got married at the tender age of 22 years old. That's incredible. Right? So um, I wasn't in an established job at the time. I mean, I was working a job, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, I was working towards, you know, I, I hadn't even graduated from uni or I think I'd just, just graduated from uni. Um, so my wife wasn't marrying a, a, a completed you a know, finished product. A yeah. finished product. She was, she married a work in progress. Um, but we've built this together. And mm. I'm quite like, that's one thing I'm very proud of, of, you know, 
my marriage is that I feel like we did this together. Like, um, so you have to you have to choose a woman who's who's down in the good and the bad because mm. sometimes life gets difficult. If we, um, you know, rewind back to the pandemic, yeah, you know, um, I had a business with my brother, which um, when we went into lockdown, it it shut down, doors shut down, and we went from business was booming. You know, mm. I was cashing checks that I've never seen before in my <laughs> life. Okay. Um, we were doing very well, you know, thank God. Mm-hmm. And then COVID came along and, you know, it was the biggest curveball in the world because you're never expecting the whole world to shut down. It, nobody yeah. expected that. Right. Yeah. Um, and it got tough. You know, we went from having a great income to right. Okay. I've got to think about how I'm spending those checks that I was before. Mm. And, you know, we were getting nice new suits and et cetera, et cetera, you know, Um, and things were good to right. Okay. Now I need to think about it. Um, And, you know, thank God I've got a wife who, you know, who's, who's been there from day one for me. Um, And we were ready for it. And since, since that business has has gone to one side, you know, we, me and my brother, we we reevaluated the situation. Um, we started a new venture, um, and that's been over two years in the making. Um, and again, if it if it wasn't for having a strong partner mm. um, to you know to to help me along the way, sometimes to you know to pick you up when you're yeah. when you are um, you know a bit down. Um, I, I don't think I would be in the situation today. So you have to pick a woman who who is who is there for you. Like, yeah, through absolutely. thick and thin, you know? And I think, again, in this throwaway society, it's a lot more difficult to to find that woman. So, gentlemen, when when you do come across her, you know, put a ring on don't it. Don't mess about. 100% commit. Commit, yeah. 100%. You know, I, I speak about this a lot on my channel, actually. I'm, a, I'm an optimist. And I see a lot of YouTube videos from a lot of these men's self-help channels and it's all scaremongering. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, these hoes are out to get you, you know. They all want your money. And, and I, I, I disagree with that. I think, you know, the average girl in today's age isn't looking for a, a dude who is loaded. There are going to be some, of course, yeah. of course. However, the dudes that are worrying about that don't have money, you know, yeah. for her to dig. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, she's a gold digger. Bro, yeah, bro yeah. you, you know, with all due respect, you don't have anything. Yeah. Um, and so this is the thing. So I always tell guys, you know, you're worrying about the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if she is caring, if she is kind, if you see that she's dependable, mm-hmm. um, if you see that, you know, she treats her family with respect and she displays all of those good qualities, you know, I'm a reasonable guy. I don't have a list of a thousand and one things that I'll expect from a woman. As long as those main things and the core values are met, you know, then I'm a happy guy. Absolutely. You know, and this is why I tell guys, you know, don't be going out there expecting perfection because you're not perfect. Yeah, yeah. And you're never going to find perfection, by the way. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely, you know, there's, like we said before, there are so many options out there. If you keep looking and keep looking and keep looking, you know, you might convince yourself that you found better and you found better again and you found better again. Um, But I think the beauty of a marriage as well is that when you, you know, when you do get married, you build something that's just for the two of you, Mm. you know, and it's a a journey you go on together. um, (laughs) And it's a wild journey, honestly. I laugh because, you know, it's been eight years that we've been married. That's incredible. and um you know we 
we we continue to build year and it's, on year. It's nice because you know you went from being the 22 year old young kid essentially yeah. to developing into the man that you are today. Absolutely, so, the journey. A- absolutely, it's it's a journey that you you go on together, and I think um, you know you learn more about yourself, you learn more about your your other half. Um, but it's beautiful because every year, um, you know, when you add kids into the, the situation, you add different, you know, um, life throws different curveballs at, at you and, and, and how you deal with it. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a very blessed man, honestly. Thank God I'm very, very, very blessed. And that's, that's incredible to hear. And, you know, I just want to add as well, you know, talking about how you come to understand each other better over the years. There's a quote that I heard recently which goes along the lines of compatibility is an achievement of love, not something that you need from the get-go. 100%. And I was like, wow, that's, that's an interesting 100%. take. 100%. I think when you're looking you know, for, for another half, um, you're always going to want to be compatible on certain things. You know? um, but compatibility is, is a, is a, is a molding thing. It's a forever mm. changing thing. You know? um, I'm not the same guy that I was when I was 22 years old. Um, completely different person now. Learned a hell of a lot about myself, but about the world as well, you know. Um, and I think you do you do have to like part of your responsibility as a husband is taking a step back and figuring out you know the the windy road and yeah. Um, and yeah and how it's changed you as well because marriage does change you you know hundred percent and it should change you by yeah. the way, because of the extra responsibility that, that you take on from that point in time. What would you say to a young guy who has a good woman in his life and is thinking of marrying her, but is worried because he feels like he's too young? Marry her. Yeah. Marry her. 100%. But what if he tells you, I'm too young, though? There's, look, I think, again, this is another product of society today that, yeah. you know, you have to be 30 plus with, um, you have to have a house, you have to have a car, you have to have a good salary, you have to have all of these things before you can even think about getting married. I say, get married and build that lifestyle with your other half, mm. you know, um, because, you know, you get your house, you get your car, you get all of these things, and then you have to find a woman that fits into that mm. lifestyle. Whereas you you find the right woman and then you build that life with her yeah. at the end of the day and I th- yeah I, I'm not hearing any of that stuff about I'm not I'm too young I'm I'm not ready um, you know as men as w- women as well women have criteria when they're when they're looking for for another half you know mm. um, does she fit the criteria yes yeah okay um, another question that because. Over the years, I've had guys come up to me and say, "Listen, Ennis, you got married young. Um, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, you know, proposing, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, blah blah blah. Um, what like, what would you, what would you say? I say to people, "Can you see this woman as the, the mother of your future children? Can mm. you, can you imagine her as the mother of your future children? Does she have those qualities um, that you feel?" like she would be able to to bring up your children because at the mm. end of the day that's that's part of marriage you need to you need to factor that in yeah, you know yeah. if the answer is yes marry her like commit decide like you know again men today too flippy flappy yeah. too uh let me go and make a list of pros and cons and, <laughs> yeah. and you know that sort of thing like 
I'm not saying make impulsive decisions out here. Of course, you have to think things through. But mm. at the end of the day, if if everything is pointing you to walk through that door, then walk through that door. Don't wait for somebody to take your hand and and oh, you yeah. know and walk you through that door. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. I think you know the whole concept of paralysis by analysis. You know, you're you're expecting something to be perfect. And as a result, you keep delaying and delaying and you miss out on a lot of good opportunities, whether it's women or potentially business opportunities, which we'll come to dive into in a sec as well. So I think there comes a point where you just have to make a decision because as I'm saying, indecision is the thief of opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, of course, don't be impulsive, as you said. But, you know, if something makes sense, well, okay, you know, I'll go for it. I'm always like I'm an advocate of what's the worst that can happen, right? Mm. (laughs) You know, like think worst case scenario, yeah? And and in a marriage, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get divorced, right? Mm. That's that's the worst, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. The mantra that I live by is, and, you know, (laughs) my house is burning down. Okay, and like, you know, I've I've just been let go from my job yet. And okay, Mm -hmm. like, Life will always throw these difficult things at you. Yeah. Like you can either be a victim of those difficult situations or, okay, I'll take it in my stride and, and we go again, you know. Um, not to say that you should be thinking about marriage with, with divorce in the back of, of course, your mind. Yeah, you can't you know? be planning for that. Exactly. But um, you always, I always try and think in every scenario, this isn't just specifically for relationships, right? Mm. What's the worst case scenario here? Like, what what is the worst thing that could happen in this situation? And nine times out of ten, it's 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 not that bad. It's not. As it's big, really it? not that bad. When you put things into perspective, it's it's really not that bad. It's definitely something. You know, I've heard you use this phrase many a times, and I, I live by this phrase. Um, you've survived a hundred percent of the the bad days that you've experienced so oh, yeah. far, right? So um, I always remind myself if I am going through a, a tough time or a struggle, I've been through worse. You know, I've been through bad times. This is another bad day, and yeah. it's all good. You know, we take it in our stride. We we reset and we go again. And yeah, one hundred percent. You know, and I fully believe that we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. And that's a quote from Seneca. Um, And, you know, that's that's so true. We create these worst case scenarios in our mind before we've even taken the first step. Mm -hmm. You know, look, if you want to worry, worry, but at least get something going first. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think. Yeah, I think doing is the is the major roadblock for people. You know, um, you want to write a list and prepare on how to do something, um, you know, you want to think, you want to plan, you want to just do it. Like, just just get into it. Just do it, you know, like, and, um, you know, with with regards to some of the stuff that I'm doing at the moment, I think uh, some of your material was actually quite a catalyst for yeah, me to... I was actually going to dive into that right next, because obviously, uh, you know, the reason why I wanted to get Anas on the podcast is he's... At the moment, he's crushing it when it comes to his content creation. Appreciate and, it, man. Appreciate you know, it. You're building the brand Grassroots. You yeah. know, tell everybody what Grassroots is all about. And So, um, Grassroots Football, that's, that's, that's what I'm um, into. That's, that's the content that I'm, I'm pushing out at the moment. And essentially, um, so I play football um, at you know, a local amateur level. Um, we've got the footballing pyramid and, and we're here, you know. Um, but I think the last couple of years that I've been playing football, I haven't really um, enjoyed it as much as, you know, I, I feel like I should. 
Um, I love football. I love, love, love playing football. What got you into it? What got me into it? Because I remember, you know, because me and Anas go, go way back. Way Two back. decades or way something, back. right? I yes, swear to yes, God. Yes, yes, It's been so long. <laughs> and uh, this guy's been a baller ever since. I, 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 we use that term loosely, by the way, okay? Some would agree, some some may disagree. Honestly, but, uh, check him out on Instagram. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? It's uh, grassroots.ab30. We'll, we'll make sure to link it in the description. I appreciate but, you know, that. Appreciate look, that. He, he can show you better than he can tell you. Just, just watch his videos. <laughs> There's, there, there are some naughty clips on there, but... Um, I also highlight the bad as well. Like, you know, um, I'm not afraid to, to, to show that as well. Like, none of, def, none of us are perfect at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but with regards to, you know, what I'm doing on social media at the moment, um, it specifically came from a place where, I, you know, I've been playing football, 11 aside football, competitive football for the best part of 15 years now. Mm. Um, and I used to really enjoy it when I was really fit and sharp when I was younger. Um, and over the last couple of years, the last maybe five or six years, I haven't enjoyed it as much. And I always knew in the back of the in the back of my mind, it's because I'm not as fit as I should be for this sport. Like I wasn't I wasn't showing the game the respect that it mm. it needed. Um, and you know, I, I'd been going to the gym, but I'd been training more so like a, a bodybuilder. You know, push pull legs, bro split, yeah. that sort of thing. And that's great if that's what you're going for. If you if you want to, you know, stack on muscle, look aesthetically good, fantastic. I'm not I'm not shying anyone or pushing anyone away from the gym. But if you want to be good on the pitch, it can be counterproductive to mm. to train in the gym, uh, you know, like a bodybuilder. That was actually going to be my question because uh, I know that you've you've made a, a significant adjustment to the way that you train in the gym. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest change from before? So you were doing push pull legs before. How has that changed? So I, so my focus in the gym before used to be, right, how big can I get? How much can I bulk? And what's the heaviest weight that I can press? So the, the, the main compound lifts that I was focusing on were my squat, deadlift, and, and bench press. Mm. And, and like the majority of men that go to the gym, the bench press was uh, top of the list, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the way that it's changed is that that focus has gone out of the window entirely. So... Okay, if you can bench 110 kg, that's that's great. You know, that gives you strength. Does that strength directly um, transfer onto the football pitch? No, because, you know, um, well, for starters, you're not pushing people. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, so I started to, to look into how to train specifically um, like footballers. Um, but again, you know, I'm not out here trying to advocate to, to train like a professional footballer. Um, the idea behind the grassroots page is that, you know, we play football at an amateur level, uh, but the content that's that's currently out there is more geared towards um, elite level players, academy players, you know. Mm. Are you trying to become a professional footballer? Are you trying to break, break through an academy? Um, but grassroots is quite neglected as a, a field in 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 football you know and we make up the majority by the way we're at the base of the pyramid so you know only the the top 0.1 percent of players make it to to premier league or or Mm -hmm. sign professional contracts so the majority are are playing at, at the base of the pyramid so how can i train to be the best version of myself on the football pitch um and achieve the the best results so i started putting those you know, big weights to the side. I still use weights in my training, but it's more explosive weight mm. training. 
um, a lot more focus on on higher intensity. Um, you know, how how can I push these weights that it's going to help me directly on the football pitch? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that sort of thing. So I'm trying to push training advice out there, but I also want to take the angle of advising players um, on certain things in what I like to call the beautiful grassroots game. All right, mm-hmm. grassroots football um, is you know, slightly different. It's, it's a hell of a lot different to the professional game, uh, but it's got some some beautiful things about it that, you know, you don't learn until you've been playing in, in that that game for, for for a while. So I want to give advice to, to, you know, young players who are who are making their way up um, in grassroots teams, um, people that are moving over to new teams, um, how to interact with, you know, your coaches, your, your teammates, um, so I tried to give like little golden nuggets of advice to, to players in the yeah. sport. Um, like but, a whole 360 approach. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's still very early days in this whole content creation thing. Um, mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed creating content. So because um, I remember many years ago, you were making videos. And I then was. You yeah. So um, so long ago, I was a personal trainer um, and, you know, I. I got onto Instagram um, and I grew my account quite rapidly. I was I was training with some guys um, in North London who have gone on to do some, you know, become some big names in the industry and do some successful things. Um, but when it came to personal training, it, it wasn't it wasn't for me. The sector, it, it just yeah, it just wasn't for me. If if I'm honest with you, and I think because I've always enjoyed football coaching yeah. as opposed to coaching in the gym per se like yeah. um my favorite clients back in the day when i was a personal trainer were the guys that were training for football because it's like okay i'm i'm geared for this this is what i enjoy this yeah. is what i i look forward to um so yeah i used to do content creation back in the in the personal training days and i i enjoy you know making content you know what did you enjoy the most about it because the content creation game isn't for everybody Absolutely. Um, but what drew you into it? I think um, making things that people relate to, you know, making pieces of content, putting putting content out there that that people can relate to. But also one thing that I really enjoy um, and that I'm enjoying more so nowadays is putting pieces of content out there that people are benefiting from, mm. you know. So um, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, when people engage and they ask me, right, but how many sets do I do this for? And, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, this person's asking me for advice. You know, they're yep. valuing what I'm what I'm putting out there. Um, and I know there's a chance that they might try this drill out or they might try this exercise out this week. Yeah. Um, and it's all about impact. It's That's all true. about, you know, making an impact. Um, I said it before earlier, we're on this earth for a finite amount of time. Do we just want to be, you know, spectators mm. and just watch the world go by or do we want to positively impact um, other people's yeah. lives, you know? Absolutely. I would have to agree with that completely. I mean, the thing that drew me into content creation was obviously the impact aspect of things. Uh, when someone benefits from something that you've said, and I think a lot of the times as content creators, we underestimate how many people are watching our videos. Yeah. You know, and uh, obviously, as as you continue to grow your sort of subscriber base, your follower base, you get more and more messages from people, and they all, well, the majority, I would say, are very positive, and 
they're quite detailed as well. A lot of them, they'll yeah. get into their life and how, you know, you specifically said something in one video that helped them. So the impact is incredible and, you know, it lives on. Obviously, yeah, that piece of content stays on the internet absolutely. forever. Yeah. yeah, and that, I mean, that could be a blessing and a curse at the end of the yeah. day, you know? So that's that's part of the game. That is part of the game. Um, but I think as well, you know, the the difference between a successful content creator, and it's not to say that I'm there, you know, where I'm yeah, well always, on your way though. Well on I'm your trying. Way. I'm I'm trying. Okay, but um I think it's very it's very easy to get discouraged in this game. Yeah. Right. So um you you put a lot of time into to what you're pushing out. You post it on whatever platform it may be, thinking, you know what, this this was bang on the money and this is yeah. gonna pop and it's gonna do and then it doesn't get the the response or the engagement that you're expecting um it's easy to get disheartened in this game it's very easy to get disheartened in this game but just like everything else in life it's all about consistency yeah. you know turning up every single day um and this applies to social media content creation mm -hmm. it applies to you know business ventures it, it applies to absolutely everything you know turning up every single day uh putting the time into whatever project it is you're working on even on the days where you you don't want to turn up. And those are the most important days to yeah. turn up on um, because those are the days that can kill your project entirely, essentially. 100%, yeah. you know? um, and, you know, there's peaks and troughs in, in everything. Um, I'm sure you'll agree. You know, there's, oh, there's, there's tough times in, in, all, these, in all these games. Um, yeah, and you just got to ride it out. 100%. I mean, that's why I believe it's very important to get clear on why you're doing it. 100%. Because if you're just doing it for views and money, you're going to burn out and you're going to crash and you're going to quit. Because the reality is you ain't going to see any views yeah. or any money for a while. Yeah, for a long time. And that time. long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, it's like you're walking through a desert and, you know, there's no sight of water anywhere. I mean, yeah. most people would just give up, you know. But, you know, the, the most important thing is that you know why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great book called Start With uh, Start With Why uh, by Simon Sinek, and he talks about it. You know, if, if companies, if individuals get clear on the why, they'll go a, a lot further. And there's a saying, if you don't have a reason, you're only here for a season. And I fully believe in that. I mean, when I started making videos, and you know, my, my audience is continuing to grow, and of course we have big goals, but there were many people that started around the same time as me that stopped you yeah, know, yeah within about a month or two because you know like you said you look at the view count in the, in the early stages and you're like well i'm putting on all this effort putting in hours of work into this and it's not you translating know, yeah. it's not translating and it's not going to translate for a very long time and um mm. and there are still times now where it doesn't translate you know um and whatever that reason may be you know but you just you have to push through the the, the tougher days right and yeah. um going back to the whole why part you know, whatever you're doing, it's got to be something you're you're passionate about, something that you enjoy. Because, um, you know, the, the old saying goes, the man who enjoys walking is going to walk further than the man who, you know, loves the destination. The man who loves walking is yeah. going to walk further than the man who loves the destination. That's powerful. If, yeah. you're, if you're worried or if your sole focus is the end goal, hmm. you know, is that the, the big pot of gold and uh, the view account or the successful business or, or whatever it is, um, you're going to find it very difficult to to pick yourself up on those difficult days yeah. and, and drag yourself through. But if you love what you're doing, if you genuinely enjoy what you're doing, um, so what you post something and it doesn't get the response that, that you wanted, you know, 
I still enjoyed the process. You exactly. Know, you know, so, um, and you keep enjoying the process. You keep turning up. You keep, you know, the resilience is a must. Like, you have to keep going. And like you said, I've seen some great ideas, some fantastic ideas, some fantastic content creators. And then I go onto their page and I'm like, ah, oh, you haven't posted since like 2021. What mm. a shame, because this was actually such, I thought this was foolproof. But, you know, nine times out of 10, if you just keep going, you just keep pushing yeah. um, and you refuse to quit, you know, you're, you're going to get there. Yeah, know? I always say it's inevitable. I mean, that's one <laughs> of my favorite words, you know, because it's impossible to not get what you want if you just keep bloody showing up. hundred percent. I mean, look, there's obviously taken productive action. You know, the whole saying, work smart, not hard. You yeah. know, I believe you've got to marry the two together. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, understand where, you know, the work translates into results. Because sometimes you find yourself doing something and there's not much of a result. And I do that all the time with content creation. You probably do the same. Yeah, yeah. You notice that this color of caption gets more views or this hashtag or whatever. So, you know, obviously keep track of the metrics and yeah. what you can do to improve. But if you just keep doing it every single day, keep refining the process and you never give up. At some point, I mean, there's a famous line from Jay-Z where he says, you only have to be right once. Yeah. You know, 100%, 100%. once you take off, yeah, 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 and everything just starts working you're, out. You're you're well on your way, you know. And that's when you're going to hear the oh, lucky guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he got so lucky, and it's like, yeah, but the those uh, hundreds and hundreds of days where you know the luck didn't, you know, you make your own luck yes. at the end of the day. So, um, okay, I got lucky, if you will, on that occasion, but that's only because I kept showing up. You know, yeah. day after day after day after day. You created that luck through sheer persistence. That's what it is. 100%. Enormous amount of action behind you because, you know, if, if you never did anything and then the one time you did something, you became really successful, then, then yeah, I would probably say you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah 100%, 100%. But, you know, if there's been thousands of videos and then one of them kicks off, well, then, you know, that was well-deserved because uh, absolutely you've backed it up absolutely. through sheer effort. You know, and Definitely. I, I want to touch on something as well with, with the grassroots what would you say in terms of in terms of football is the most underappreciated position? And this is a bit of a hot one. This one underappreciated position because obviously in, in in games when you watch professional football, it's always the strikers that get the glory absolutely, and absolutely. oh he scored and obviously they have an important role. Um, however, I feel like maybe there's certain positions on the football field that aren't really talked about. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to see what your take on that Four, is. Really straight little curveball there. Um, I would say, and this is from, you know, dipping into this position um, here and there, in central midfield, maybe a deep line midfielder, um, or maybe even, you know, uh, a centre mid that's slightly higher up the pitch, you put a hell of a lot of miles mm. in, you know, you're, you're constantly working, box to box midfielders, you're up and down, breaking up play on one side, and then, you know, um, playing it out on the other side. And your metrics will never be that of the striker or the winger that you're mm. feeding feeding the ball to. Yeah. Um, so you won't get recognised um, as as much as those players. And it's funny because um, I sometimes play um, seven-a-side football with uh, this group on Tuesday nights. And... Um, no, they take it quite seriously. They've got a little <laughs> league table and the yeah. goals are counted and all of that stuff. And then players are asked for their um, man of the match at the yeah. end of the games. And nine times out of ten, it's the guy who scored the most amount of goals. Mm. And he could have dropped a stinker. 
But yeah. he scored three or four goals that game. So, you know, he's got to be the man of the match. Whereas the guy in the middle of the park who's yeah. worked back to help his defence, then worked up to, to you know, to, to help uh, the attack as well. Yeah, central central midfield was a position I never used to go near. But I think the older I got and the more I learned about the game, the more I'm able to yeah. find my way a little in that position. Um, definitely an underappreciated uh yeah, I'd have to agree with that because you're basically the engine uh, on the football pitch. Absolutely. Not only do you supply the strikers, but you have to cover for the defenders yeah, when they yeah. make a mistake as Absolutely. well. So Absolutely. you're doing the two roles, yeah, basically. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that, another difficult position as well, by the way, um, goalkeeper. Yeah. Mm. If, I make a, if I make a mistake as a striker, I lose the ball. The opposition's defence, you know, takes it makes a few passes so what yeah even as a midfielder i've still got the last line of defense yeah if you make that mistake as a goalkeeper nine times out of ten it results in a goal and that's obviously the most important thing you play football for yeah. to, to score goals so um shout out to the goalkeepers as well because that is a tough position well tough, yeah tough i mean uh, as a united fan Obviously, oh, we, we have a new right keeper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have a new keeper who's taken some time to set. Then, shall we say? Um, you know, he even today actually in the game that we won just about two mm -hmm. one, uh, he was at fault for conceding that goal. To be fair, and uh, towards the end of the game when McTominay scored the winner, he actually ran across from the from where he was all mm. the way to celebrate with McTominay for saving his <laughs> yeah, ass yeah. and saving his job. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, I remember when De Gea was playing for Man United, and he used to get stick all the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you, know, the, the you pressure. Make, you make it's a high pressure situation. You make one small mistake, and the ball's in the back of the net. So it's yeah, it's it's tough for the keepers, and it's it's a confidence position as well. You know, um, if you're low on confidence, you're you know you don't really have an opportunity to 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 find that confidence in in the game. Um, mm. But on the on the pitch on the field, you know, you get a couple of passes under your feet you know you get the rhythm going if you, even if you're low in confidence in that particular period in time like throughout the season you can find your confidence find your rhythm on the pitch but as a keeper you know when you're presented with a shot coming your way or the attack coming your way it's it's do or die every single time you know if yeah. you do you save great if you don't it's in the back of the net. So, um, so at the moment, position. your position is, is it more of a central defensive midfielder or central attacking? Central so. attacking midfielder. So, um, well, I play Saturday football and I play Sunday football. So, um, yeah. God bless my wife for putting up with it, I tell you. <laughs> um, so I play Saturday afternoons and, and I tend to play more of an attacking role on Saturday, Saturday afternoons. And then Sunday mornings, when I haven't got as much in, in the legs from, yeah. from the day before, I tend to play a bit more of a deeper line role. Um, and that's only something I've done in the last season or two, to be honest with you. But the pace of the game on a Sunday is, is um, a bit slower. Everyone's hungover, yeah? <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, everyone's hungover and still half cut from the night before. Yeah. But um, So, yeah, you get a bit more time on the ball, a bit more, you know, opportunity to, to make a, a better decision um, what on would a you say? Morning. What would you say are the three most important qualities to have uh, for somebody who plays in your position? Oof. Um, I think... At this particular level, and this this goes across the park, to be honest with you, but I will always put fitness at the top of the top of the pack. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have to be as like a number ten, you know, an attacking midfielder. You have to essentially be the fittest player on the pitch because mm. um, you have to be available for the ball to be 
played through you at you know at all times. You have to be that option. So whether or not your you know your centre backs have played the ball across and then they've played it back again, you know, you've got to be picking up pockets. You know, um, appearing in 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 little pockets of space across the pitch where somebody's not marking you so that you can pick the ball up, shift it off to someone else. Um, so fitness is is definitely number one. Um, you've got to have the ability to to pass and you've mm. got to have a range of passing on you as well. Um, so nice little short through balls and you've also got to have a, a nice little uh, yeah. um, long ball in you too. Um, well, number three, I mean, I didn't showcase this well today. I'm sure my, my teammates will agree, but you've also got to have the ability to finish as well yeah. because as an attacking midfielder, you have to contribute not only with the build-up in play, but also putting the ball in the back of the net. One of my favourite players for doing it at the moment um, for my team, Arsenal, Martin Odegaard. Yeah. You know, he, he he comes up with the goals. And not only has he got that, you know, beautiful, intricate play and, and you know, pinging the ball left, right and centre, but he's got the ability to put the ball in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. Th- I also think that being in the right place at the right time is a skill. It's, it's a skill, um, something that you can work on. But I find with some players, they they've just got it. They just know where to be. Every time, like if we if we're talking about a professional, um, you know, um, situation, professional setting, Erling Haaland for Man City, he mm. he just seems to know where the ball is going to be every single yeah. time, um, and again, that's probably through hours of drilling and and hours of working at it. So it's know, crazy because he's a, he's a young player. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you would obviously expect that from a, a thirty year old striker. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like 21. Yeah, yeah, 21, 22 or something like that. I think it's he, in him. Like yeah, he yeah, just knows where to be. Instinctive, do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a skill that you can work on. Um, but, you know, like like some things, um, you, you've just, sometimes you've just got it. And I think that's a, a knack to have. But it's not to say that you can't drill these things and you can't work on them. Mm. Like, you know, the age old football debate. Uh, Ronaldo or Messi? I was who's the, get who, into that. Yeah, who, yeah, who's the greatest of all time? Right? For me, hundred times out of hundred, I'm picking Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Okay, is he more talented? No. Um, is he more skillful? Has he got uh, you know better attributes, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? No. And that's the reason, funnily enough, why I choose him as the greatest of all time because. The fact that he's brought himself up to to Messi's skill level to be in that conversation is through pure hard work and determination and the longevity of it as well. The the consistency of it, too. Um, The numbers he's posted is just absolutely ridiculous. And I know people will say about World Cup, this, that, yeah, cool, whatever. But I just think he's had to work that hard to be, you know, in that debate. so you know the, the age old. Would you saying, say that you've come to appreciate him more of a as a football player as you've sort of worked on your fitness aspect of things as well? Because you've come to appreciate that a lot more. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Because and football players or you know grassroots, whatever, whatever level you play at, um, will appreciate this. There's a difference between being fit and being match fit, right? Mm. Um, so there's a difference between you know I go for the gym and I, I do a 5k and, and all of that stuff and there's a difference between I've got 90 minutes plus added time in, in my legs and I can mm. you know keep it um, and to be at that level you know that he has been at for the last 20 odd years of the game um, there you know 
there's times I can't be bothered to train, you know, I can't be bothered to put the effort in. And sometimes you might not turn up for a session or something like that, but mm -hmm. his mentality is just, nope, I turn up every single day. I put that effort in. It doesn't matter how old he is, by mm. the way. You how know, old is he now? 39, 38? 38, 39, I think. And it's just incredible. And I don't want to hear people about saying Sa Saudi league and all of that stuff. Okay. He's, he's posting the numbers, you know, <laughs> even in that United side where people touted him as the problem. Yeah. He was know. insane. He still, he was coming up clutch, you know, hat-trick against Spurs. I remember that one. Scoring in the Champions League. And the goals, that that, that hat-trick that he scored against Spurs, the volley. Madness, yeah. You know, this is the thing as well. Greatest. I remember these goals. Like, you can pluck them out of your head as well. Memorable moments. The I guy, would say he's probably the greatest header of the ball of all time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With, without dispute. And the thing is, again, was he... The best at that naturally when he was, you know, 18, 19, oh, 20, not. coming up in, in, the, in the, you know, the early days at Man United. No. Absolutely not. But it was a skill that he worked on and worked on and worked on. And he sort of began to master at Real Madrid. And then at Juventus, you've got that famous header that he scored oh. when he leapt however, however high off the ground. So, you know, he's just testament to the fact that Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. You know, so many players have come and gone in this era of football um, and Ronaldo's just been at the top. And then you've got the player that they, they'll tout as the next Messi or the next Ronaldo and he comes along for a season or two seasons or three seasons mm. and then he withers away because he hasn't got that, you know, that, that elite mentality, that elite mindset. That is true. I think also knowing how to evolve your game to support the team is is a tremendous skill. And Ronaldo is probably the best example of it because, as you mentioned, when he first came into that United squad at 18 years old, I remember seeing, you know, some of the, the highlights of him dribbling all over the place, mm -hmm. losing the ball. A lot of the players like Keane would get frustrated with him, skulls. Um, but he, he was so aware of his game that he started to develop his game IQ a lot differently. And, uh, you know, obviously at Real Madrid was probably the best example of how he put down steroids. Yeah, yeah. He went from being, to be fair, I mean, I actually want to ask you this. Do you prefer the silky smooth United Ronaldo 2008, 2007? Oh, that's another thing that, you know, that you've got to love about the guy is that he has evolved as a player and there's been so many different versions of him. There's been the pure goal scoring machine at Real Madrid when he was just, when he was playing through the middle of the park, you know, up top as a number nine. And um, he was just scoring goals for fun, just putting it in the back of the net, putting it in the back of the net. I think some of the things that he did in United in his Ballon d'Or winning season for the, you know, the age he was, was, was just insane. Um, and you know, the trickery and you know, the quick feet and all of that, um, but I think the older that he got, he learned to sort of cut the cut the excess, mm. cut the fat. Let's just get straight to yeah, the yeah. you know the the main dish basically. Um, and yeah, I think what he became at Madrid and the numbers he was posting, I think he had more than one goal a game. Yeah, he ended game. up, I think, like with four hundred and fifty goals and like four hundred and twenty appearances. I think insane. In, in like what is it nine seasons or something insane like that that is insane and when you think about um players that they compare this both Ronaldo and Messi to be fair from the numbers that they've posted a player would have to score 50 goals a season for the next however many yeah. seasons like in 17 order. seasons yeah so. yeah yeah and it's it's just crazy it's it's, it's crazy no. yeah I mean uh 
yeah, the, the consistency and the the duration of that high performance is what makes those two incredible. I mean, how could you sustain that performance for almost two decades? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's, it's mad. It's incredible, and it's it's an elite level mentality. You know, very few have that degree of um, mentality and mindset mm. of of working through um, because again. It's, it hasn't been sunshine and roses for these guys all the way, you know, mm. um, both have experienced injuries, all of those things. You can allow things to infiltrate you and, and drag you down or you can say, no, I'm not going to allow that to, you know, to, to get on top of me and I'm, I'm going to work through that. And that's nowadays as well. Um, as men, we're told, you know, it's okay to be sad and you know yeah. it's okay to to let these things in and i'm not saying don't you know experience emotion i'm not saying be cold-hearted and etc but i feel like we've taken it to the to the opposite extreme mm. yeah like oh you know really uh feel that and everything like sit there and just you know exactly yeah. and it's like you're allowing things to consume you and prevent you from moving forward yeah. whereas if i say no, i'm not going to allow this to phase me no, nope, I'm not going to allow this to phase me. It's not bottling up emotions. It's not, you know, it's just, again, going back to what I said earlier, you know, things could be a hell of a lot worse. You know, it's not that bad. In mm. the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. So let's just push it to one side. And um, Well, yeah, I mean, I think one of the best quotes I've ever heard is recycle your pain. Mm. You know, when you're experiencing something really bad, you know, take that energy and use it to transform yourself for the better. You yeah. know, whether it's a breakup, whether it's, you know, for example, you're an athlete, you injured yourself, you're out for a year. You know, you've you got to somehow take that frustration and do something with it. Absolutely. Otherwise, it will paralyze you. Absolutely. It will keep you down, you know. And uh, like you said, now I feel like a lot of guys unjustly bathe in their emotions yeah. almost. Yeah. You know, they, they enjoy feeling sorry for themselves. And one of the things actually that, and this is a bit of a sort of side topic, but mm -hmm. one of the things that I believe has affected men also is this, what I like to refer to as sad boy music. Mm -hmm. You know, what you listen to programs you. And, you know, look, I enjoyed my fair share of emotional songs over the years. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, I think I had this reality check like three years ago. I was driving in my car, listening to this week, uh, to the weekend. And I think he had one, one lyric where he says, I don't deserve someone loyal to me. And I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> You know, for a while, I was like nodding my head. And yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, what? I don't deserve someone loyal. Yeah, Hell yeah. no. Yeah, and then yeah. I just changed the song straight away. And mm. now I only listen to things that I believe will make me feel better. Mm. And look, you know, there are songs that some would say the emotional aspect of it is what is enjoyable. Um, like the longing for somebody or whatever. Yeah. But then there's songs that are just going to make you feel bad about yourself and you were the one in the wrong. And, yeah, you know, it's yeah. always the love songs, you know. It's always the guy who made the mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and now she's with someone else yeah, and she's yeah. happy. and you know, <laughs> She's better off without me, all that stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Honestly, it, it programs you. And I would say it's probably the same with, you know, what you watch on TV as well, this doom and gloom. Because I remember during COVID as well, you know, everything you saw on TV was just death and devastation and, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this is terrible. And, you know, if you allow that to consume you i mean you're you're finished absolutely you know absolutely no and if i'm honest i try to keep all of these things to a minimal like i, I have my series that i indulge in from time to time um but i feel like if anything's preventing you from the the main goal you know 
try and tone it down a little bit. Not to say don't don't you know indulge from time to time, but um, I think you know if you've got a some a main focus, a main ambition that you're working towards. Don't allow these things to become distractions and, yeah. and take you off that path, you know? Absolutely. And, and on the football, actually, going back to the football, I've got a few questions for you. I want to I see what your answers are. I'm curious. The greatest Premier League player of the last 25 years, who would you say? Thierry Henry. Why? Hands down. Um, the guy could do everything with the football. Um, goal scoring machine, tick. Uh Provider, one of the most unselfish strikers you will ever see. Um, robbed of a Ballon d'Or as well, where he scored so many goals and assisted, you know, so many goals in the Premier League campaign. And I think it, I can't remember who it was given to. The name will come back to me. Um, and if it doesn't, somebody in the Torres, comments. I know Torres won it one of the years, right? Fernando Torres. Nedved, Nedved uh -huh. was the was the the player that won it when Thierry Henry should should have won it that year. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but he was just complete, and you know, he was just suave mm. on on the pitch. He, he was silky. He's silky. You know, he'd he, the, he'd just flow and he'd just glide past players, and he made it look easy. Um, so he was the greatest Premier League player of all time and I think my only um, gripe with him is that he didn't win the Champions League with Arsenal and he deserved to because he carried us mm. on his back all the way to the final um, that season when we lost against uh, Barcelona in the final um, and he really deserved it he turned up to uh, the Bernabeu to Real Madrid mm. uh, against stars like Ronaldo um we're talking R9 here. Yeah. Um, and he just put on a masterclass and just glided past a few of their players and just slotted it into the back of the net for one nil there. But yeah, he was deadly. He was a poacher. He was, he was, he, and he was everything, you know, yeah. he could head the ball. He, he could score goals from the outside of the box, um, pop up inside the box, carry the ball. Like, so for me, hands down, greatest of all time in the Premier League was Thierry Henry. And then if you could, Follow that with two more. So to your top three. So Thierry Henry, Ooh, who would be the, the next two? Thierry Henry. I'm try. I'm. I'm gonna try and not let my uh, Arsenal bias creep in here. Yeah. Um. The, I mean, there's a, a star-studded list here. There, there, definitely, definitely. I would have to say Thierry Henry, Wayne Rooney. Mm, as well. Glad you mentioned that. Wayne Rooney, because. Um, he could have quite easily stayed as a number nine throughout mm. his career at Manchester United, racked in the goals, 30 league goals a season. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't, you know. He did what the team needed him to do, dropped back in a bit deeper, started yeah. playing deeper into midfield, still posted some crazy numbers from a slightly um, deeper position as well. Yeah. I think the way he, you know, burst onto the scene as, as a young player... And he played like a thirty-year-old player. He was a monster from such a young age. He was he was a beast, an absolute beast. Um, and I think again, you know, the fact that he stayed with United for such a long period of time, um, won so much with them. Um, he's got to be another one. Mm. Ah, the third, You're number three. The third slot. Third slot. I'll give you some some uh, suggestions here. Go for it. Obviously, Alan Shearer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's an argument for Harry Kane. There's mm -hmm. an argument for Sergio Aguero. 
I, I was thinking about Aguero before I said Rooney. But then there's also the midfielders like Keane. There's mm. also Vieira. Um, and I you mean, see what we were dis- what we were speaking about earlier about look how two my two choices so far are strikers. Mm. Why? Because they're the most memorable in terms yeah. of he scored the greatest goals. He scored the most amount of goals. You know, um, some players that you know what for the sake of picking a midfielder, I am gonna pick. Kevin De Bruyne. Interesting. That's yeah. a that's a little more of a modern footballer. Yeah, hundred um, percent. His range of passing is it's, it's incredible. There's that one video. You know, people make memes about it now. When your when your when your friend assists you at the club or something, <laughs> and it's just like Kevin De Bruyne getting the pass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cra- crazy, crazy. And yeah, so, some of the assists that he's had have just been insane. But. I think, again, chimes in with goals here and there, but he's just been so consistent as a midfielder. David Silva is, again, a, a great shout too. Mm. Um, but yeah, if I'm going to put an, put three names to it, we'll say Thierry Henry at the top, Wayne Rooney, and then Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, that's a, that's a good good top three, I have to say. I mean, th- there are so many players you could name that just don't get enough, enough recognition, really. I mean... For me, one of the players, and I'm a United fan, obviously, that I feel still today when people talk about doesn't get enough respect is Paul Scholes. Oof, Paul I mean, Scholes. his range of passing was, I mean, he could, he could. Uh, someone said, you know, Paul Scholes could find my dad with that. Yeah. Force, you know? <laughs> I mean, the way he would just, from from where the defenders are at the, back, the, the sort of back of the pitch all the way to where the strikers are. I mean, he could get that diagonal pass, insane. I mean, when you've got the likes of Xavi and Iniesta, coming up through the, the Barcelona Academy and they've got Paul Scholes as an example. You know, they they, they would talk about him yeah. as a player. You know, that's insa- insane. You know, when you've got the likes of Zinedine Zidane. Oh, don't get us started. My guy, yeah. my guy, Zizou. <laughs> um, talking about Paul Scholes and how much of a good player he is. Yeah. You know, uh, you're talking about uh, a player. I think, again, his kind of midfielder, Back in the day, it was more common to play like a 4-4-2 formation. Mm. So you've got two centre mids sort of side to side as opposed to, it's common nowadays, the majority of teams play with three midfielders. So you have a really deep line midfielder, more of a box to box, and then an attacking midfielder. Mm. Um, But I think in Paul Scholes' era, being a goal scoring midfielder wasn't as much of a thing you know you broke up play you won those challenges in the middle of the park and then you pinged it to to the rest of your teammates to, yeah. to create and, and and to score goals um it was only really when sort of Gerard and Lampard came onto the scene where having that sort of attacking midfielder in the Premier League scoring x amount of goals in the season became became a thing Gerard or Lampard or oh, Lampard for me yeah. Lampard he always knew he had that knack of right place, right time. He knew, as in terms of goal scoring midfielder, he's always popping up in the box, um, scoring goals, you know. And again, the consistency, the longevity. G- Gerard, I think his problem was the team that he played with. What was that slip against Chelsea? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'll go down. That was in his history. biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the fact that he wasn't always surrounded with players that he had to be the player that was carrying everyone mm. and, and pushing everyone. Whereas Lampard had the luxury of, of playing but around some of the, the quality, you know? I would argue that's what makes Gerard better than Lampard. 
It's, I mean, it's a fair argument. It is, it is definitely a fair argument. He, he had to be the leader, whereas I think in Chelsea... They had um, so many good players, didn't they? And they had a, a handful of leaders as well mm. on the pitch, whereas Gerard was, was the guy, you know? If you need that last-minute screamer to, to win the game, it was Gerard. Yeah. You know? and he's putting his foot through it and, and he's, you know, essentially like winning the game for, for, for Liverpool. But for me, it's, it's got to be Lamps. Okay, this question, this question is going gonna, is gonna to be an interesting one. Who is the bigger club, Chelsea or Arsenal? Oh, 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 oh. There's a lot of arguments here, I back have, and forth. I have this discussion with uh, one friend, Scotty. Um, he's a big Chelsea fan. Chelsea, over the last however many years, have achieved a lot more. But I think in terms of history, it's, ah, uh, you know what, it's difficult. I don't know if I can actually say it with chest on, on camera, <laughs> you know, uh, documented. Uh, look, I'm an Arsenal fan, okay? Massive Arsenal fan. Um, I just feel like what Chelsea have done in recent history, maybe slightly... Edges them. Edges them. Sl ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. In terms of global brand, global following, oh, I think well, Arsenal, Ar Arsenal sure. knocks them out of the park. But I think in terms of, look, as a football team, what are you trying to do? You're trying to win. You're trying to trophies yep. in the cabinet um, and you're trying to be winners. And, you know, nobody remembers second place. Nobody remembers top four. You know, no. um, at the end of the day, they only remember who won the Premier League, who won the Champions League, who, you know, who won the trophies at the end of the day. Um, and Chelsea went through a bit of an unstoppable period yeah. uh, under Jose Mourinho, specifically under Jose Mourinho. The guys are just a serial winner. One of my favourite. Can I ask you that as a next question as well, actually? You know, who would you say is the greatest manager of all time? Oof. He's one Oof. of them for sure. Definitely one of them. Definitely in the debate. Um, again, the Arsenal bias here is cr is crazy. It's crazy. Um, I would have to say, ah, Sir Alex Ferguson. I was waiting for you to say that. Sir Why Alex took you Ferguson. so long. <laughs> uh, it's it's tough because you know people will talk about ah, oh, but United were the the dominant force, and I don't, I don't know if you've seen the David Beckham um, documentary on Netflix. Saw snippets of it, yeah. Not yet, so fully. um. I'm, Halfway through it, I haven't watched it entirely, but Sir Alex Ferguson, when he first came in, you know, Manchester United hadn't won a league title for however long. Mm. They hadn't won the Champions League since uh, 58 or 68 or something like that for a hell of a long time. Mm. Um, he started off terribly. I think he had three seasons w which were terrible. And then he just got, you know, he got the identity of the club going. And then from when they started winning, they didn't stop winning until he left, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, And that's, I think, that's testament to the man that when you took him out of the club, it's almost like you took the club away. Mm. Because Manchester United, oh. for however long, mm -hmm. they just knew how to win. They just yep. knew how to win all the time. They used to play ugly sometimes, they would win. They'd play beautiful football, they would win. You know, you would expect a W from Manchester United back in the day yep. when Sir Alex Ferguson was on the touchline, chewing his chewing, chewing gum, his gum ferociously, hell, yeah. exactly. But because he had an expectation, yep. you know, you, would, you wouldn't have any of this whole player backlash thing oh, that you have now. Cool, off you go. Bex, off you go. You know, the lot of you get... Cristiano Ronaldo, who at the time was the, the, the best player in the world, mm -hmm. no, no arguing, 
he left okay it's like it didn't phase them do you know yeah. what I mean like we'll just get another guy in and, and another guy in and another guy in um, and even I think his last league title that he won winning it with players like Tom Cleverley Anderson know, these type of players where and again this is no disrespect to you know the, they're professional players you know <laughs> so they, they have to be of a certain calibre to get to there but after playing for United Cleverley went on to Watford and Everton and those kind of clubs yeah didn't really find his feet. So he nah. went from being a Premier League winner with one of the, well, the greatest club um, at that Thank point you. in time. Still Not is. of all time. Um, but at that point in time, United were untouchable. And it's almost like it didn't matter who Sir Alex Ferguson put on the pitch. He would get 100% plus out of oh. these players. You know, yeah. so... I ate to remind you as well. Eight to remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. With I that team, that. actually, with Cleverly <laughs> there, midfield. There you go. And it's... There was that famous game where he fielded seven defenders on the pitch at once. O'Shea playing in midfield. You know, like mm. crazy things like that. And, you know, people would would come back and say, oh, but Pep Guardiola, you know, he's he's won it here. He's won it there. He's won it there. My issue is with recent things coming to light, um, you know, financial issues at Barca, financial yeah. issues at City. I think until they get put to one side and you know, he's always going to have a bit of a tainted, uh, there's, there's going to be an mm. asterisk next to his name. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible feat to manage that many, you know, egos and divas in a squad. Like you still oh. have to keep everyone happy. Yeah. He's an incredible manager, but I just think there's a slight little um, mm. asterisk next to his name. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you already come to a well-oiled machine, mm. yeah. no pun intended, um, <laughs> You know, such as Man City, for example, who have, you know, been running smoothly for quite a while now. And don't get me wrong, he's had a, a huge role in that himself. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a good infrastructure in place. You know, obviously, when Sir Alex came in, that, w- that was non-existent. I think I heard him actually say that in the documentary. United were worth £10 million when he took over in Insane. the 80s. And, and now they're worth £5 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's talks of them being sold to Qatar or, you know, so... It's insane the transition that's happened. And, I, and like you said, managing all those egos, all of these celebrities with their millions of followers, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them think they're better than, than the manager and they absolutely. know more than the manager. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much... I think the game has changed as well. There's so much money from such an early stage. You know, if you're 18 years old and you're getting tens of thousands of pounds a week... It's insane money. What, yeah. what more do you have to... And this is why we won't see... We will never see the likes of Ronaldo, Messi ever again. Mm. Because there's so much money in this game. If you're 18 years old and you're being paid tens of thousands of pounds a week, you know, it's, it's hard to wake up at 4am and go running in silk pyjamas, the, mm. the, the old saying goes. You yeah. know, you've, you've made it. So um, what, do you need to, what do you need to grind for anymore? And to, unless you've got that mentality that you push yourself and you keep grafting and you keep grinding um i think it, i don't think we'll see the likes of elite players like that oh yeah absolutely i have to agree with that and uh, you know actually mentioning the the beckham documentary i still haven't seen it but i remember seeing in, the, in like a snippet of the documentary he mentioned that when he bought a bentley he was so terrified of sir alex ferguson's reaction that he yeah. parked it from <laughs> yeah. at the back <laughs> there you go there you go and it's just i think when you've got a leader that sets the standard and everybody knows that's the standard, mm. you're always going to be successful, you yeah. know, um, whether it's in a football club or a business, you know, somebody who sets the standard and the rest of, 
you know, that follow understand. Mm. Look, this is the journey we're on. And I think this is where Mikel Arteta has, has been successful recently is that, look, guys, you either buy into what we're doing or you get out. see you later. Like, mm. we don't need you. Um, and to have two of the biggest players that have come to Arsenal in the last decade, you know, Meza Ozil and uh, Aubameyang sort of put to one side saying, listen, you're not you're not part of the plans anymore because yeah. you're not buying into what we're doing is is testament to that. So um, yeah, oh, absolutely, it's, it's definitely definitely makes a massive massive difference. No, for sure, I fully agree with that. And you know, I want to touch on entrepreneurship as well, actually, because uh, it's a it's a topic that you know doesn't get the right sort of how can I put it the approach to entrepreneurship in the media online is that of anyone can do it it's easy you know make money quick do you think entrepreneurship is for everybody no absolutely not um i think look it's it's very difficult because you know to to run your own thing to run your own ship um is tough because ultimately the buck stops with you Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've 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 worked in different walks of life. I've had line managers, directors, and all of that, and I'm a director, mm-hmm. or you know, have had various different uh, business opportunities. Um, when I used to work for someone, if you get confused or you don't understand something or you're not sure what to do, what's your first port of call? Let me go ask my manager. You know, yeah. let me let me go. Um, such and such, you know, I was just wondering, I'm not quite sure, is this, nine times out of ten, it's, it's you know, what you were thinking was the correct thing. Yeah. But you have to get that assurance from someone else that it is the correct thing. Yeah. When you're running the show, um, the buck stops with you. So you have to be sure, <laughs> you mm. know, like you yeah. have to make the decision, the final decisions with you. Um, so it's, de- it's definitely not for everyone. And I think... You know, I've seen a lot of people try and do their own thing. Um, and the thing that kills them the most is just the giving up. Like, Would you say it's the the stress? Would you say it's the uncertainty of what tomorrow may bring? Would you say it's the backlash from family? Or maybe their missus? <sighs> you, you know, the, the killer thing is, is, is managing all of these things. Like, yeah. The uncertainty of tomorrow. Forget it. Forget tomorrow. <laughs> you, you, mm-hmm. you, you're never going to know what what tomorrow is going to bring. Like I mentioned to you earlier, yeah. I, you know, I was in the middle of a, a successful business, thank God, um, and then we got locked down. And mm. I was, at that point, I really didn't know what to do because I thought, hold up, this... This was the blueprint. Like yeah. this was, <laughs> this was, this was my future. This was how I was gonna make it. You yeah. know, um, and now, now what? What do I do? Yeah. Like, I've got to reinvent the wheel here. Like, I've got, I've got to start from scratch. And that's, I think, that's the most difficult thing to wrap your head around when you start something, and you know you've got to get the momentum going and and get things moving and. And then finally, you start to see things come to fruition and then mm. it starts to go in the direction that you're expecting. And of course, there's, you know, bumps along the road, but it's it's progress. Like progress isn't linear. It doesn't just go in a straight line. It's yeah. up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, that's that's yeah, how yeah. it works. Um, but when you start to finally see it go in the direction that you, you wanted it to go to, um, it's great. And then you think, oh, all that hard work that I put in, it was for something, you know? Mm. Um and then the reality is it can come crashing down. 
yeah. at, at any stage. You know, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Um, I fully agree with that. I think the, the, the desire for certainty is, is messing up a lot of people. Yeah. Because they want to know what tomorrow brings. I mean, I have a friend of mine who, you know, he, he, I would say he's an ambitious guy. He mm -hmm. wants to achieve more. But the fear of what tomorrow may bring is paralyzing him. He can't seem to take the first step. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've told him countless times, you know, change the way you see the uncertainty. Let it excite you. Yeah. You know, because tomorrow you can end up being bigger and better than you ever expected. Absolutely. You know, entertain that possibility as get, well. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. So put yourself in uncomfortable situations and, and just enjoy it. You know, I had to smile and, you know, smile and pinch myself a few times when um, I was in the, the previous venture that I was in, um, I, would, I would contact directors, you know, investors, um, you know, property investment, uh, you know, moguls, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, I'd message them on LinkedIn directly and I'd, I'd power out so many of these messages to these guys um, until one day one of these guys responded to me um, and then I found myself in a meeting with my brother across the table um, from the guy who owned 99p stores, you know, oh, wow. uh, you know, the, the brand 99p yeah, stores yeah. nationwide. Um, and I found myself in a meeting with this guy, like, mm. <laughs> who, who am I to, to, you know, to, to be sat at this guy's table um, and to be discussing working in partnership with him. And then it, it turned out that I started working with him on a few different bits. And it's just like, you know, unless you have the, the audacity to do yeah. these things at times, um, then yeah, you, you, you won't, you won't achieve a certain level of success and the whole certainty thing as well. Like there is nothing wrong with certainty, by mm. the way, if you want that life, if you want that life of certainty, that's fine. Like nobody's saying that's one one mistake that I used to make in the past. I used to say to people, oh, working a nine to five is is deadbeat, blah, blah, blah. It's actually not mm. like cool. If that's what you want to do, then great, do it. And yeah. and and own it. Like do it with passion. Do it if that's what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're doing it and you're complaining, then I'm sorry, don't complain. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you've only got yourself to blame. You can change your situation. Yeah. yeah. You can, another thing that you say that I live by, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can change your situation. You've just got to do something about it. 100%. Yeah. And if you don't do anything about it, that's fine, mm. but don't complain about it. That's exactly you, what it is. You've, you've got yourself to blame, essentially. 100%. The issue is you're sat in the same situation, whinging and not doing anything about it. And, you know, if you did take action, you will notice that a lot of the problems that you have just disappear. 100%. Action just solves problems. 100%. You know, pick up the phone, make that call that you're feeling a bit uneasy about. Like, just do it. Mm. Everything, just do it. Cool. You need to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone. Just do it. You put the phone down, you're like, well, that wasn't actually that bad. And I've yeah. just been playing, you know, playing it in my mind about how I thought it was going to go instead mm -hmm. of just doing it. Then, you know, oh, what are people going to think if I try? Who cares? Who cares? People are going to talk about you if you do something and if you don't do something, by the way. Yeah. You know? So um, regardless, I, and that's one thing that I, you know, ironed out of myself is caring about what other people mm. think, you know. You've got you've you have to discard this completely. 
um, people are always going to talk about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, people will always talk negatively yeah. about about you as a person. Um, sometimes even the closest ones to you, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one thing that I like to remind myself is that is a reflection of their own insecurities. That's exactly the it. fact that they haven't been able to find the courage within themselves to do what they really want to do mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Oh, but he's only he's only doing that because such and such put him in that position or mm. yeah, he only got that opportunity because his dad and this and or his friend cool. Make whatever excuses you feel comfortable with. You carry on doing what you're doing. I'm just gonna do me. I really I do I do not care. Mm. I do I don't care about what other people think about me. Mm-hmm. Um and that's not even in a reckless sense either. It's if you allow yourself to get bogged down in, you know, other people's thoughts, um, yeah, you're, you're just going to waste time. You're just going to waste time. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think it comes from their own insecurity. Mm. You know, people that have a lot of nonsense to talk about you, it comes from a place of them not feeling good about themselves. That's what it is. You know, there's a saying that I heard many years ago, a hater is a confused admirer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they see you. The reason why they're frustrated. <laughs> That's, a That's a good one. Very good one. You know, the reason why they're frustrated is because you are doing the things that they know they should be doing. Exactly. It's like you're putting a spotlight on their false promises to themselves. You're making them look at themselves in the mirror. This is what I should have been doing. Exactly. You know, and I was one of those guys for a while. 100%. I wasn't speaking negatively about people. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, fucking, how's he doing? Yeah, if, I, if only I'd got into the same, you know, or if only I figured it out. Like... And, you know, don't get twisted. Mm. We, you know, just normal people. Yeah. Like there's no, yeah. there's no secret. There's no secret to success or anything like that. It's literally just turning up every single day and, and, and you know, just, just working hard. That, and, and that is literally it. Like there's no, there's no secret formula. There's no, you know, you're talking about how people um, portray entrepreneurship about get rich quick, all these schemes, all of this, you know, like about trying to, you can make money, everyone can do it and all of that stuff. Not everyone can do it. Not everyone's built for it. Mm. But if you do choose to do it, just know if you turn up every single day and you work your socks off, you're going to get there. Whether it takes you a year, five years, more, you're going to get there. You're going to get there at some stage. 100%. And this is why, you know, touching on the, the whole nine to five thing that you mentioned earlier, I used to think the same way as well. Oh, nine to five. Oh, you know, a job just over broke. Yeah, you know, yeah. all these cliche <laughs> yeah, sayings, yeah. right? However, what one thing I realize is that as an entrepreneur, you need a job. Yeah, you yeah. need a job to to support the business. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made a video on on my channel where I've basically said that your nine to five funds the business. You need to do that in the beginning. And look, you know, I'm not saying be disingenuous and you know uh, give your employer ten percent of what you could because I, I live by the, the saying. You know, how you do anything is how you do everything. You know, if you're sluggish at your nine to five and, you know, you're lazy, then it's going to translate into other areas, Absolutely, yeah. you know, and, and hard work is an honorable thing. And so, you know, put in a solid shift at work. As soon as your nine to five finishes, go back, relax, kiss the dog, as they say, <laughs> and then uh, hit the town, you know, do something, you know, sit down and start scheming, basically start thinking of, right, how can I? you know, make more money. And look, it's not always about making money. Mm -hmm. You know, if you enjoy doing something and you feel like it it makes your day exciting, then then fair enough. Because 
they've done studies where they've said that beyond 60,000 a year, the, there's not really much of an increase in happiness. Mm-hmm. It's like it becomes like a diminishing curve, basically. Yeah. Um, so, and, I, and I do agree with that, to be fair. I think that there comes a point where if you were to make seven grand instead of six, it's not that much of a difference. Of course, you know, going from making six figures to seven figures for anybody would be a huge jump. But, um, you know, I think once you've satisfied the immediate concerns of money, yeah, how am I going to afford my rent, my car payment, whatever? Once that's all taken care of, now you can start. And this is why a job's important. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know about you, but when you don't have money coming in, you can't, the creative juices aren't flowing. Yeah, absolutely. You can't think of ideas because you're, you're worried. Yeah, you, and you're thinking, right, how am I going to solve that? And how am I going to do that? And you can't, yeah, it doesn't, you, you don't allow yourself to be 100% focused because your focus is 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 taken elsewhere. And by the way, there's, that's that's part and parcel. That is part and parcel. In some journeys, you know, you're going to get a point where it's like, right, what invoice am I going to pay? Is it that one this month or is it that one this month? Like, you know, you've got to weigh up sometimes. Okay, let's do that one this month and we'll tell this this one, you know, mm. hold fire for it. This is part and parcel of it. Like, it is, it is a grotty, grimy road to go yeah. down like it's it's not easy and it's definitely not for the faint-hearted and i definitely haven't got it figured out and like i've mentioned earlier if it wasn't for the fact that i've got somebody to you know bounce ideas with and work with and um ultimately look up to as well because he's my older brother mm. um so you know there's that element to it as well so i'm very lucky in 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 that sense how do you feel he compliments you because i know you know nowadays uh, especially from people observing how, for example, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate, mm-hmm. the two brothers interact. I think before they were under the spotlight, the whole idea of family working together, brothers working together wasn't really brought to light. But now people are seeing, oh, you know what? I could actually get on with my brother. How do you feel he supports maybe your weaknesses and how do you feel you support his? I think in times where I think his re- his resilience is like second to none, Se- second to none. Like, there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm sweating here, like, and then, you know, the confidence he'll fill me fill me with. I'll have a I'll have a conversation with him for a few minutes, and then it's like, you know what? I was just blowing things out of proportion mm. because again, you know, we're human beings. Yeah, we everybody has bad days. Everybody has off days. You know, everybody has that that day where they're like. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like mm. this, this is difficult, you know, and that's just the reality of it. So I think in that sense, his, his resilience is unreal. Um, he was self-employed for a longer period of time before me. Um, so he, I think he got a head start on me in terms of how to deal with the, the difficult stuff yeah. um, in, in entrepreneurship. Um, and, there's some stuff that I'm only just getting my head around now mm-hmm. that I'm like, right. So that's why you were so laid back before. And, and you know, uh, where, yeah. where I was like stressing about things and, and all yeah. of that. And he's just like, look, just think of it like this or look at it from this perspective or look at it from that perspective. So I think he's got a really good way of, um, you know, um, looking at things from a different perspective. And again, like that's, that's the great thing about working, um, with with your brother is that you you'll always have different perspectives mm. you know you'll always look at a situation in different ways yeah um and you know you're always going to have different ideas as well so it's just like to have somebody to bounce things off of mm-hmm. is always uh a plus 
Um, and to, you know, to help each other, there have been times where I've said to him, listen, I need a bit of time. Um, you call to, you know, cover up, cover yeah. up. Yep. Yeah, cool. And likewise as well, yeah. you know, so, um, to have confidence, um, that, and ultimately, you know, he's my brother. So of course. I trust him with my life, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's the beauty of it to, mm -hmm. to, to wholeheartedly, you know, just be like, do you know what? Let me just leave this to you. For, yeah. for I, I trust your decision. You know, you you decide, um, and then vice versa as well. He'll ask me for advice, and you know, what do you think we should do here? X Y Z. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's a blessing to have to have someone to 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 bounce off for sure. Yeah, I think uh, you know, ultimately with with family, I mean, who. No, who would know your weaknesses better than your own family member? Absolutely. You know, and I think obviously a lot of people will fear monger and be like, oh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mix family with business and, you know, it will ruin things. But then it's like it will only ruin things if you allow it to. Yeah. You know, if you're cynical and you're rude and you're, you know, uh, negative to your, your sibling, then, uh, then maybe, yeah. But yeah. if you know that, you know what, it's going to be tough. If you have a good sort of realistic approach to it, because I think if you're expecting it to be lovely all the time, then you're going to be in for a disappointment. But if you're like, well, I know business is going to be hard, but, you know, let's see where this takes us. And com communication is 100% again key, mm. you know, communicating. Um, sometimes I've, have to, I've had to humble myself, <laughs> you know, like I've had to understand, hold on, I'm, you know, I'm not as experienced here. So um, I've had to, you know, go back with my tail between my legs and be like, you know what, you're all right. I, uh, I, I accept that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, you know, as a man, you've got to have that quality, mm. you know, to um, not always think, you know, I'm right. I'm putting my foot down. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what? And, and again, this is this is one thing that men of today, you know, everyone of today, of today's society struggles with taking accountability. Mm. You know, um, I screwed up. I'm yeah. quite, you know, in every situation, I'm quite happy to go, do you know what? I take that. Yeah. I own that. I, I won't let that happen next time. Yeah. You know, um, whether it's in business, I've, I've said that to my brother so many times. You know what? That's on me. That's my mistake. And I I'll make sure that won't happen again. Yeah. And, and like, so for next time, I'm going to go through everything with a, with a fine comb. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And on the football pitch as well, you know. I've made mistakes that have led to Dead opposition. Class, guys, <laughs> that's it. Or I've made a mistake that's led to an opposition's goal. Yeah. And I turn around and I say, yeah, my responsibility yeah. won't happen again. And I'll go and work twice as hard to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Do you know? So yeah. accountability, so quick nowadays to pass the buck. No, but mm. such and such did this. Or no, nah, but it wasn't my fault because of X, Y, Z. And it's okay to say that it was your fault. There's no yeah. problem, you know. That's the thing. What do you lose in saying that I was wrong? Exactly. You know, you're, okay, your pride, you feel like it, it may have been, I don't know, uh, affected in, in whatever way. But just think about how many marriages and businesses would have been saved if someone would have just said, my fault, guys. 100%. Let your guard down and just say, you know what? I appreciate it. That That's me. And I think people respect you more when mm. they see that you're able to admit when you're wrong. You know, yeah. how, like you said, how many people, you know, don't talk to each other or, you know, have allowed a, a relationship to be ruined because neither one would stand down. And if you ask them, what was it that you fell out about in the first place? Mm. Nine times out of ten. Do you know what? I can't even remember. We just, mm. we just don't talk anymore. You know, so. Um, That's the thing, you know, and I think one phrase you could put is uh, conflict resolution. 
Mm. I think it's it's resolving conflict in the best possible way without letting it grow into something it shouldn't grow into. It's like, you know, if you have a small fire somewhere, contain it quickly yeah, before yeah. it causes devastation. And yeah, I think yeah. with relationships, for example, I think with guys, uh, one big mistake they make is, you know, either they brush it under the carpet or they say, oh, we'll talk about it another time, you know, and a problem that isn't addressed immediately will grow. It will magnify. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And not addressing it is is the the worst mistake to make. Like you can park it. There's no problem with parking a problem, but we've got to revisit that and we've got Mm. we've got to talk about that and we've got to, you know, air it out and, and deal with it because then it can fester, you know, get worse. And then then everything that happens beyond that point gets blown out of proportion. Oh, so yeah. um, deal with it, you know, be accountable, uh, put your hands up when you're wrong, stand your ground when it's your turn to stand your ground mm-hmm. as well. Um, but ultimately take accountability, man, like be responsible, stop blaming other people mm. for your life. Like another thing is as men, like mm-hmm. no one's coming to save you. No one's coming to save you, bro. No. Like yeah. <laughs> it's you. Yeah. It's like, Okay, cool. So um, the the climate is terrible. The economy is terrible. This is terrible. That's terrible. Okay, cool. No one's coming to save you. Like, uh-uh. get on with it. Crack on with it. You know. That's the thing. I mean, it, even even your own parents at a certain point are going to be like, "What's wrong with this guy?" <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we've helped him. We've supported 100%, 100%. him. You know, why is he not able to just get things moving? And even you know, if you're in a relationship and you keep complaining to your wife. I mean, there's a difference between coming to her and asking for her opinion about something. And then there's also coming and whinging, complaining about the same thing usually. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it bad. It's the fact that you've talked about this before mm-hmm. or you've whinged about this before and you haven't addressed it. Yeah. You know, what women want to see is a guy that's a problem solver. And the way I see it is if you have a serious problem, go to some of the, the strong sort of male role models in your life, whether it's your father, uncle, brother, mm-hmm. uh, a friend, somebody that you know you can actually count on for good advice. And, you know, because I don't, as we said earlier, we're not saying bottle it in until you blow up, you know, but go to somebody that you know you can trust who won't use it against you. Because I think that's a, that's a fear a lot of guys have when maybe opening up to their woman, they fear that it might be used at some point. And, yeah. you know, the way I see it is go to your strong sort of male role models and ask them for advice and then take that advice on board and implement it, you know, and move forward ultimately you're basically when you're complaining what you're actually saying is i need solutions i'm frustrated you know i keep experiencing this occurrence over and over again and i don't like it mm-hmm. you know and that's and what we said earlier nothing changes if nothing changes that's the thing if you do nothing with it you're, you're just going to keep experiencing it you know it's nothing will change absolutely and i think if you flip it and you're the person that's being asked for advice um Nine times out of ten, the person that's coming for advice knows what they need to do. Mm-hmm. They they've got the they've got the answer, you know. Um, they just need that reassurance. So, mm. like I was saying earlier, when um, you know you go to your line manager and ask them a question. So I had a director back in the days when I was working for a company, um, and she told me what I do in that situation is I say to the the person coming to me for advice, well, what do you think is the mm. the best answer? Because sometimes she'll get asked something and uh, she wouldn't know the answer to it, you know? So what do you think the, the best answer is? Well, I think X, Y, Z. 
sounds good let's go with it you know mm. so it's like people have the answer a yeah. lot of the time they just want to be told that it's it's a good answer do you know what i mean so yeah. a lot of the time you know what you have to do bro you're mm. just you're just going to 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 get that listen yeah that is what you should do that confirmation as to that is the you know that's exactly the, what it is yeah that confirmation i mean it. uh I speak to a lot of guys on coaching calls and uh, they often tell me about something that they want to do. Mm -hmm. They've got an idea they've been sitting on for a while. Ali, what do you think? Shall I? And they'll run through exactly why it's a fantastic idea and I'm yeah. nodding along and at the end of it, I want to do it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, so what are you waiting for? Yeah. Do it. Like, you're just waiting for somebody to tell you. So, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, uh, one thing that you've, you, you've, you've said quite a lot of times as well is, um, something along the lines of if you start today like imagine where you'll be a year from now yeah you know um and that year is gonna pass regardless oh, so quick a hundred percent yeah exactly before you know it the time flies yeah so you might as well pass that year doing the thing that mm. just just do it like literally just do it and again what's the worst that can happen just just go for it and um, in a year's time, you'll see that seed that you planted is actually yep. grown. And there might be a few misshapen leaves on mm. on that tree, you know, yeah. but it's, it's growing at the end Still of the day. And, and, and progress is progress at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. what it is. That's what it is. You've just got to, you know, stay within the process with an enthusiastic mindset, expecting to win. Now, that's mm -hmm. something I talk about quite a lot is expect to win. Yeah. You know, I don't wake up every single day and grind hard to lose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so definitely expect to win, but, you know, embrace the reality of entrepreneurship and understand that, you know, you might have to start from ground zero, mm -hmm. you know, multiple times. But as long as you are somebody who believes, I mean, it, it's strange to describe it really, that that innate self-belief, because some people can find it even though their circumstance is terrible. Yeah. You know, like I've I've always known that I will be something. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> you know, I've I've had every job in the book. I've because I didn't go to university. So after A levels I worked in warehouses, restaurants, and I always knew, Ali, you could do something big. You know, and uh, I would say one of the most life changing experiences I've had, and I actually want to touch on that in just a second with you as well, is when I jumped into sales. Mm-hmm it shook me up because it, it threw me into an environment that was really uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, my first sales job actually wasn't far from here. It was for a telesales company where there was no computers or anything, just pieces of paper and an old school corded telephone. And it was a, an environment of two, 300 calls a day. I think the training was like an hour, mm -hmm. you know, from starting the job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a guy, I think his name was Mark, white shirt, typical sales, doesn't care about how you're doing or yeah, your, yeah. your mental health. Just yeah, yeah. off you go, start Give making some calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see results, 100%. You can't even talk to somebody next to you for a minute. <laughs> yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll come right round and check you. And so that environment for me, you know, threw me in the deep end and it forced me, you know, to, to basically grow. And, uh, and I always reference sales as an environment that changes you because mm -hmm. there's so many things that it teaches you. It teaches you about the importance of going again, you know, because when you're picking up the phone, you might get told to fuck off on one yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Why are you calling me? You know, delete me off your list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you get so many objections. And then one of them I had once was again, you know, I was like, oh shit, I called this guy yeah, yeah, by yeah. accident twice. Um, and so, you know, you, you definitely become uncomfortable mm -hmm. and, uh, and I always tell guys, because guys tell me, you know, who are really young, Ali, you know, what, what sort of job should I get? I'm still unsure of what I want to do. And, and I always say, well, if you're unsure, you know, whilst you're figuring it out, get into sales. Yeah, yeah. Because even as a business owner, 
you know, you use that skill every single day. So Absolutely. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on, on sales and uh, how it's impacted the way you run a business as well. Yeah. So sales is uh, is a funny one. So I, um, my first job at a university, I did a, a graduate scheme um, and it was in into a sales role, sales and marketing. Um, and yeah, se- sales is, is a tough, tough game because if you don't turn up, nothing happens. Mm. Yeah, so it's literally um, uh, an environment of input versus output type yep. thing, right? Um, and my manager at the time, he used to, he was a numbers guy. He just used to say to me, look, if you make 100 calls a day, uh, you might get 20 like maybes or 20 like leads off of it. You'll get five meetings and out of those mm. five meetings, you'll you'll close a big contract out of it. Um, so if you make 200 calls a day, if you make, you know, X, Y, Z, all it is is pumping out the numbers. Consistency, consistency, yeah. consistency. And he said, you know, some of the best guys um, that I know are just guys that are on the phone all day, mm-hmm. you know, overcoming objection. Yeah. You become you become a a master of uh, somebody says no or somebody says oh, I don't want to do this because of such and such oh well that's fine because this is why we're different yeah. and X Y Z you know so you learn how to overcome objections um, and you've just again you've just got to put the 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 work rate into it so sales is is a mad one because again I would say if you're cut out for sales. Mm-hmm. You're, you're cut out for entrepreneurship because yeah. you're going to get turned down so many times in a sales position. You're mm. going to get told no. You've just got to get used to being told no. Um, yeah. And once you get that out of your system, you know, you stop picking up the phone um, and cringing when, yeah, and, and cringing when somebody turns you down yeah, or, yeah. Or, or something like that, you know. You expect, you expect no. I pick up the yeah. phone. Hi, yeah, such and such. Bam. Okay. Yep. Yeah, onto the next one. That's one tally, two tallies, three tallies, four. T- you know, and then you you just turn up every day, put those same numbers in, and literally, when I followed the advice that he told me, and he said, mm. "Listen, if you make X amount of phone calls, in the beginning, I made twenty phone calls. Yeah. Then, you know, twenty five, and then some days I'd make five phone calls, and I'd get one meet, and I'm like, yeah, cool, no problem. But then, I, you know, I said, all right, let's let's put the effort and the mm. energy into it. Hundred phone calls a day." Bam, 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 bam. The results, it's, it's almost like, you know, yeah, it's like uh, magic, it, ma- like magic. Exactly. But again, it's just consistency, like mm-hmm. turning up every day, putting the effort in and the results come. Um, and part of the reason why I went self-employed mm. is because I was working this sales position. Um, and we, as as salesmen for this company, we had a £30,000 a month sales target. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was in waste management. So contracts in waste management can be, you know, quite, quite large annually. Mm-hmm. Um, so every month we had a target of um, 30,000 pounds a month to hit. Um, and if you, if you hit that target, you get a thousand pound bonus added on top nice. of your okay. pay packet. Yeah. Um, so I was working in that position for almost two years, I think. Mm-hmm. And for a year straight, I hit my sales target. Oh, a wow. year straight, month, month on month on month on month. So that was, you know, 30K worth of revenue, worth of sales every single month. And then I looked at the numbers and I thought, you know, I've, I've brought in over 300K worth of revenue for this company. Mm. And I've been given 
12K for that. That pisses you off a little bit, doesn't if it? If I can get a fraction of this revenue for myself and I keep 100% of it, you know, plus costs, tax, etc., yeah, etc., yeah. et cetera, et cetera, and I'm my own boss and etc., you know, then I would much rather do that because at the end of the day, if I mm. die tomorrow, these guys will replace me just in a heartbeat. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so that was part of the reason why I went self-employed in the first place because I thought, okay, cool. I've got, I've got something, mm. you know, I've got some, some characteristics here that I can use for myself. Um, let's put it to practice. And it's, you know, the removal of the safety net is scary. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, it's nice knowing that on this day every month you're going to be paid X amount um, mm. as long as you work for us. That's that's great. That's fantastic. Um, but then the reality is if you put that same level of energy and effort into your own, you know, journey for a for a you know prolonged period of time, you get far better results yeah. for, for yourself. You know, oh, one hundred percent. I think you know one of the dangers if you're an ambitious guy. One of the dangers is a safe job. Yeah, safe. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you want more out of life and you're skillful mm-hmm. and you're you're good at something and you flirted with the idea of doing it for yourself, then I would say do it. You know, obviously keep the job. And then when you start seeing that, okay, I've got an idea of where I want to, you know, where I want to go and maybe what customers to target or whatever. Okay, you know what? Money's starting to come in. I mean, some people are going to be more, how can I put it? accepting of the risk and mm-hmm. more more sort of risk inclined um i would say we're probably the same in that regards we don't sort of fear risk whatsoever and i myself like functioning when there's immense pressure like i have to create something now mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. other way for me except making this work yeah. you know some people they need to sort of hold someone's hand at the yeah. same time so for me, I let go of the nine to five thing a little bit early, yeah, because I wanted just to to function with absolute pressure behind me, because that's how I function best. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some people, it might be different, but yeah, I mean, there comes a point where that's it. You you got to go for it, and the returns working for yourself. You know, Jim Rohn used to say, "Work harder on yourself than you do on your job," and he used to say also, "You know, working for yourself will make you a fortune, and working for someone else will make you a living." Yeah. And so there's two different things there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you work for yourself, you're more inclined to do extra hours because you know that the reward will be huge. Mm-hmm. When you're at a company, one of the issues, at least for somebody ambitious and, you know, yourself as well, is you feel like, well, I'm just going to do it again. And I'm, you know how much you're going to earn. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's, it's going to be the same. Exactly. And it doesn't directly... Um doesn't directly reflect your mm. your work rate you know i can work 10 times as hard this month as i did last month but i'm still going to get the same paycheck yeah. at the end of the month and that's and that's the scary thing about you know working in a job it doesn't really promote ambition no you know uh you you can you got career progress you can work up the ladder and mm-hmm. all of that is great but that takes a hell of a long time right oh yeah and you've got to wait for somebody to leave or to, you know, drop dead before you can step into their position, right? Well, that's the You're thing. not just going to get promoted for the for the sake of promotion. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is a tough one when, when you're thinking about making that jump. Mm. It's definitely a tough one. But when I, is the right time? The right time is always today. Mm. Like, it's never, it's never uh, if I save up X amount, then I'm like, when people talk about, you know, um, 
if I have three months worth of wages and all of that stuff. Mm. And don't get me wrong, it's always great to to be prepared. And but I feel like you can always make an excuse as to to not start something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, for example, with my grassroots mm-hmm. thing, um, I was saying to myself for about six months, you know, what, I j- I'm just going to get myself a new camera. When I get myself mm. a new camera. That is when I'm going to stop because I want, you know, the quality of my videos to be top notch, et cetera, et cetera. And really, I was just pushing it off because I was a bit, you know, apprehensive about, how, you know, how is it going to be received, X, Y, Z. And mm. then I had a conversation with myself and I thought, you know, consumed a bit of your content. <laughs> and um, I thought to myself, what are you waiting for? Put yeah. something together. Put just it, out, it there. out. Yeah. yeah. Post it and see what you get. The response I got off the first video was crazy. It was yeah. like, you know, people loved it. And I thought, okay, this is great. And then I, I put some something else out there and then people loved it again. I was like, okay, this is this is really good. I'm enjoying it. And then, you know, the, the novelty of it being new kind of wore off um, and people still supported it and that's great. Mm. But now I'm in the place where it's like, right, consistency is what's yeah. carrying me through mm-hmm. and now i've just got to keep showing up every yeah. day because when it's when something's brand new and shiny everyone's like oh yeah support this journey and, mm-hmm. you know blah 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 um and then when that initial um you know uh shininess and brand newness of of the journey wears off then you still have to keep turning up you still have to keep yeah. going um but i would definitely say look today today is always the best day um you can always think of a reason as to why I shouldn't start, mm-hmm. but start and then learn along the way, you know, um, tweak the machine as you yeah. go along, you know, buy that camera along the way, yeah. you know, um, figure out how it works um, as you're going along, um, as opposed to, you know, having to have everything, set, you, know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, perfect and ready to go. And it's a form of procrastination. You know, Absolutely. people will hide it under the word perfectionism. Yeah. Andy, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you're a procrastinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like and, trying to dodge it. You exa- know? And again, own it. You know, like like I said, we we all have peaks and troughs. And I just had to be honest with myself. And I said, you know what? Just just get cracking. Just start. And, yeah. and the rest will come. And, you know, it's I've had some some peaks, some yeah. some really good bits that have gone out there. And people have received well. And again, I've had to deal with some points in time where I thought, you know, this isn't this isn't going as well as I'd expected it to. But it's not always sunshine and roses. At, well, at it's the not. End of the day. It's not. And you will always question yourself. You know, you're a human being. You know, as much as people like to believe I'm bulletproof, <laughs> um, I'm pretty much 98% bulletproof. But I do have some days where I'm like, oh, man, this is this is uh, tiring. Mm-hmm. You know, this is tiring. And uh, you know, I have to find it within myself. Again, I always remind myself, Ali, why did you start this? Okay, you started this because you want to impact as many lives as possible. You want to help as many people out as possible. And then when you get a comment or a DM, oh, man, this really supported me. I was going through a tough time. And you're like, man, there's a reason for me yeah, to do this. Yeah, this is why. This is why. You know, so, and I think your your why, your purpose has to be powerful, mm. you know. Um, and I think earlier pre-family uh, life you know the the why was always there but I think since becoming a family man as well that mm. that purpose is uh, reinforced now it's like yeah. I'm not just doing it for myself now I'm doing it for for my family you know and, yeah. and to give them the best the best opportunities you know growing up I fully respect that I think you know when you're young you're you're led by materialistic possessions and and then you realize okay those are nice 
But if there's no one for me to celebrate it with, a hundred percent, it's just like if there were the thing. A lot guys will buy fa- fancy cars and stuff to most of the time please women. Yeah, you absolutely. know, and I, I want to pick up a girl with you know, a nice whip, you know, and the moonlight and everything. <laughs> but you know, if if women didn't exist, I think a lot of guys would change the way they do things. Absolutely, like, what's the point? Absolutely, you know? and. Again, it comes back to not caring about what other people think of you. You know, I think when I got to a point where I started to make more money than I used to make in my job, I started to, you know, I really didn't care about the um, the designer clothes that I used to care about mm. when I was working a job that I used to kill myself to to, to pay for. Yeah. You know, um, so. Yeah, it's it's crazy how your perspectives can change um, when you do start to taste a, a bit more of that success as well, 100%. Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, when you work so hard as well, you respect every penny you make. Yeah. You know, you realize, damn, that fucking, that was difficult, <laughs> you know. And, and, and now you're extra careful about how you want to use that money. And now you think of ways you can invest it to make more mm-hmm. you know but when you're young and you're basically as i like to to, to describe it you're basically horny for money <laughs> you know you're, you're broke and you just want to make as much money as possible and then all these designer brands they're, they're surviving based off of the, the middle class yeah, absolutely you know absolutely. young men want logos everywhere yeah. you know and they're always the most tacky uh, items of clothing by the way mm-hmm. you know i've seen guys with gucci this uh, louis vuitton that you know and it's just like what is going on there yeah absolutely. it's a salad you know? <laughs> <laughs> no for sure for sure and i think um yeah the older you get it's, it's all about experience as well you learn these things and and i think the good thing about your content is that you're you're providing younger men mm-hmm. the opportunity to learn it through you know your lived experience yeah you know um you don't have to make the same mistakes you know you don't have to make the same mistakes um so I think that's the beauty of your content is that you're giving people an opportunity to to learn through your lived experience. Yeah. So. And that's really the reason behind this podcast is, you know, for me to have interesting conversations with people who are achieving a great deal with life, have, you know, great insights to share, a lot of great wisdom. And, uh, you know, before you wrap up, I'd love it if you could share three pieces of advice to somebody who really wants to level up you know obviously we've got about two months left of the year but you know over the next 12 months somebody wants to change their life you know what's the first three things you tell them to do if you want to change your life um i think first of all you have to find the reason like the purpose what is the purpose Mm. is the purpose just to get more money etc you have to find your your deeper meaning okay because again like we've said previously um, on the tough days, because there will, there are always going to be tough days, and and that's just that's just the reality of the situation. Um, your purpose is what's going to carry you through yeah. on on those um, those tougher days. Um, so that's that's one thing. You have to have an extremely strong purpose and and a strong why um, as to to why you're doing what whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. Um, Ah, uh, another thing I would I would say, look, the 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 work rate and the effort is going to to give you results. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's gonna give you results. And on those days where it feel like it feels like it doesn't, when the purpose carries you through, you know, 
you just have to be tenacious enough to to keep wading, uh, you know, keep wading. Sorry, mm-hmm. through the BS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the work rate is is a must. Like you have to just be consistently turning up with with you know an an immense amount of you know work rate. Yeah. And, ju- and keep working hard towards the goal. Absolutely. And finally. One one um, piece of advice that I would give is if you're working towards something, set tangible goals. Mm-hmm. Okay, set goals that you can measure because then you're working towards something. You got a purpose as to why you're working towards it, but you're actually working towards something. If you if you're working in content creation, you know, uh, I want to I want to um, become a content creator because I want a big following. Okay, how big? Mm. Do you want the following to be? Yeah. Do you want it to be 50K, 100K, 250K, 1 million? Mm. Like, um, and set goals that are scary as yeah. well. Like, you know, you, your goals should, when you look at them, you should laugh. You, yeah. know, you know, like that's that's how ridiculous it should be. You should look at it and be like, because for somebody who's working a nine to five to, yeah. to earn a million pounds, mm-hmm. you know, it, you should look at that and think, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you want to set tangible goals because then even if you fail that tangible goal and you achieve 50% of it, yeah, you you're still, way further ahead. You're way further ahead than you were before. So yeah. if your goal is to to achieve 100K subscribers mm-hmm. or 100K followers and you fail, failing miserably, oh, you got 20K subscribers. Mm, that's you, really good. Amazing. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, if you set a tangible goal and you're working towards it, you're always going to be further uh, along the journey than the the, the position 100%. you started. You know. Oh yeah, I fully believe in that. It's got to excite you. It's got to excite you because that's what's going to get you out of bed every single 100%, 100%. day. Hundred percent. You know what, what, what will tomorrow bring? You know, I'm excited to get going again. You know, and so brilliant, man. Well, in that case, you know, where can people find you again? Obviously, with your Instagram and TikTok. So Instagram and TikTok, same handle. It's grassroots.ab30, um, and it's an ever changing ever evolving uh, content creation sometimes i put you know some things that are a bit comedic and you got to take into consideration i'm a dad so the banner <laughs> is is dad jokes sometimes um but if you're you know an aspiring grassroots footballer and you want to get more out of your game then grassroots.ab30 on instagram and tiktok um and yeah that and and that's what we're working on at Brilliant. the moment and ali honestly it's been a massive pleasure and a privilege and i really really appreciate you inviting me oh brother i was gonna say that man the privilege is mine i couldn't think of a better person to have open up the podcast honestly uh, appreciate i'm sure we will do this plenty of times you know as as things develop for you as well of course absolutely absolutely for sure for sure so we'll we'll check in when we're at you know 50k followers then we'll check in maybe at 250k etc etc um no but for sure it's um it's a journey that I don't plan on giving up on at any point yep. um, in the future. So there's I'll be on your case if you even uh, think abs- about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Make sure you are. But um, yeah, so God willing, there's, there's going to be some progress here.
Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, brother, for joining me today. Thank and you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to comment. Let us know what you think down below, whether we've uh, rubbed you off the wrong way by saying any of the things that we've said. <laughs> uh, the messy Ronaldo debate. There's been a few topics that we've talked about today that could uh, ignite a war in the comments. <laughs> but uh, feel free to let me know what you think down below. Give this video a like as well. And if you're new here, consider subscribing. Of course, check out uh, Anas's uh, social media handles as well for more incredible content. Anas, it's been a pleasure, my brother. Ali. Thank Habibi. you for joining me, man. No, I appreciate it. Pleasure very much.